This is Justin Smith of Palmetto Coast Exotics. And this is Jacob Ross with Longley Fertilia, and you are listening to the Herpeticulture Podcast, which is part of the Herpeticulture Network. Enjoy. Why is everyone so scared of being live? I'm not scared. I almost would rather be live at this point. I enjoy it. Oh, look at that. He does a one flipping 10 episode live, and all of a sudden he's we've been doing THPs live. Steve Jobs. We've been doing THPs live on our one-on-ones, and I've really enjoyed them. Just giving you a hard time. Let me see. What's the hat you got on there, guy? What is what is that? It looks familiar. God damn, get a haircut. Dude, it matches your beard. Hold on. Fucking up over here. All right. It looks little, like Steve's on little, in Brave Wilderness. Little, little, <laughs> little, little flipping oh, tin. Yeah. Little flipping tin. Merch. Got oh. Shirt. oh, oh, I can't see it. There can't it see is. it because it's dark. Just yeah. like my oh, this Fulvius hoodie here. I was like, let me print the front black on this camo. It'll look legit. And then I get it. And I'm like, damn, that really is camouflage. Like you can bear you you can't. You can see it from outside. I don't. I don't know. I like it. I like the subtle, subtle, subtle prints. I grabbed one of these and a a golden, like gilded shirt, and I threw it in the wash. And as I was pulling it out, I heard this like rip noise. I'm like, "What is oh, that?" Yeah. And it's like a, a run, and I'm like, "Oh, well, I'll cut it off." And then I flip it back inside out, and it's got a huge hole in it. I'm like, "You son of a bitch! I just yeah. I didn't even wear this." Damn it. Yeah. Damn it, damn it, damn it. That's why you gotta go through through Sir Smitty over here, man. Go get yeah, your yeah. merch. It's legit. Do you do the uh, direct to garment? Oh shit. Let me know. I will. I will. He did he did these the flipping tin shirts for me and Sky. He's he surprised I did, us. I shirts, I did those shirts. I do all kinds of shirts. I do the cold blooded caffeine shirts. He does everybody's shirts now, dude. You know, shirts. Everybody's on it. Well, I'm gonna hit you up for sure because uh, this was like a test run, and it, uh, yeah, I'm not. I like this hoodie, but the T-shirt I was not fond of. Oh, yeah. What kind was it? Do you know? It's like a Gildan. I think it's five thousand or so, two thousand. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Baseline, baseline. Stuff. I really just like the color, though. It's like the the yellow gold color on that yeah. one. Awesome. I know what and, and, it, and it matches your your logo kind of deal mm-hmm. with the the lettering yeah. and stuff. Yeah, the five thousand. That's like the sort of the five thousands and two thousands are are very similar, but they're sort of the very baseline as far as shirts go. Yeah, um, and it's just that heavier cotton. It's just not very. It's not ring spun. It's not like the soft styles that I I print on a lot. Um, so yeah, I mean I. I Usually the people that, that get those at work now are like people that are working in them. So like plumbers and electricians yeah. guys, like they want a thicker shirt for some reason, like the ring spun stuff. I guess they just, they feel like it's too delicate to work in because it'll rip and stuff easily, but I don't see how the twos and fives are any different, but I don't know. That makes sense. Soft yeah, styles are way more comfortable. Huh? So the soft styles are way more comfortable. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, Definitely. I always get afraid with the soft styles that it's going to like do the bacon neck thing. But I feel like that's probably happened with more of the 
the heavy ones. I haven't, yeah, I haven't had that issue with any of mine yet, and that's pretty much all that's in my closet at this point is soft styles. So, yeah, I know my THT and my my uh, Chondrocast one are are both still solid. So, oh, and the uh, the jungle carpet one I got from you is like the same color. Yeah, that's a soft style. I like. Yep. Okay. Yeah. He's like, I got you. Man. Hell yeah. <laughs> yep. Nice. Well, this is episode 209 of the Herpeticulture Podcast. Yeah, this week, we will be joined by Sir Kyle of Mojo Herpeticulture. What up? And very excited to have Kyle on again. It was funny, dude. It hit me the other day. I was like, there's somebody I want to have. Literally, like when I messaged you yesterday. Very yeah. last minute. I was like, there's somebody I want to get on, and I can't think of who it is. I'm like, why am I blanking? And I was like, Kyle. I was like, oh my God, we haven't had Kyle. Hasn't been that long since we've we've had Kyle on, you know? Four years. Four years. I was like, what? Dude, I couldn't believe it was four years. I was like, holy shit. Yeah, man. me either. That was Definitely. a reality check. Like, yeah, dude. I was like, wow. That's insane. I was like, no wonder all of his stuff is all grown up and breeding now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I pretty That's much sick. have the same animals that I had. Yeah. <laughs> most for the most part. Which is awesome. It's exactly why I definitely wanted to get you back on just to get like a an update, man. You know, it's been yeah. so long. But um, as usual, this episode, of course, was brought to you by BlackBoxCages.com. You need a rack. You need a cage. You gotta gotta check out blackboxcages.com. It is best of tax the best is tax season, baby. You and know what? Tax money, money, tax money is cage money. Okay? Take that 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 interest free loan that you gave to the government that they're giving back to you now. Some of that money and spend it back into put it back in the economy. This is my economic my my four year <laughs> economic plan. That's right. Okay, everyone takes their tax return. And they hop on over to blackboxcages.com. They shop around. They find a rack. They find a cage. They look at all the awesome add-on options they have. Uh, and then you can pick black PVC or white PVC. Yeah. All the different lighting options, heating options, sizes, uh, tub options. The list is endless. It, it almost makes it hard to choose because there's, Paradox of choice. there's so many options. And it's like, it, obviously, you know, you're going to get what you want. That's why there's so many options. You're going to get anything and everything you could ever <laughs> imagine and dream of. But like, good God, it's almost hard to choose because there's so many things to choose from. It's great. Yeah, you know? I think they have they've got cages from like 18 by 18 size, I think is there. They got no, they've cubes. got those those little XA oh, those little nano tiny type. things. Yeah. yeah. So they've got really small cages all the way up to I believe their biggest is like eight foot long. Am I mistaken? Well, they have that one that's on the casters that's like seven by well, I know, Four, but five, I know that by like I, three or something crazy. I believe they have a cage that's just like seven, eight feet long. But it's like two yeah, foot high, foot is, you know. What's the biggest thing? Yeah, it's, like longest they have. Yeah, but. it's a it's a big cage, man. So they, they range a lot, you know. They've got really deep substrate layers and layers on all their cages. Bio and, options. Um, yep, mm -hmm. and their racks are absolutely fantastic. All of them slide like butter, as long as you have a have a toe kick or you're on hardwood hardwood floor. But we recommend a toe kick or casters. 
those definitely keep you good. Mine is a stack. I've got an XR stack, an XR20, then an XR16 on top of each other. On top of each. I can't talk today. On Just top of each other and every single tub from top to bottom. There's no, no, no sticking, no nothing, baby. It's beautiful. It is beautiful. So it's like Harry Potter made it made it. With <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they are absolutely fantastic. And if you visit blackboxcages.com and you decide you want to spend that, that hard earned tax money, go ahead and at, at checkout and a little discount code area, type in THN, get yourself 10% off your order, save yourself a little bit off the top. And if you're in the general vicinity, you can also do pickup options, save yourself on shipping. They're in the North Georgia area. Me and Smitty make the trek every year. So if you're around the North Georgia area, you don't mind driving a little bit, go ahead and go we over hitchhike there. hitchhike up there. Yeah, it's great. It's a lot of fun. If they were a super rare species of viper, they'd be Tubus Nosticacus. Damn. Damn. Yeah. Because those tubs don't stick. <laughs> Smooth. 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 Like Carlos Santana and Rob Thomas. Smooth. And then with that 10% you save at Black Box, go ahead and take that 10% and head on over to Steve's Snakeshuary and get yourself some venom. Economic plan. Sauce. You get yes, the Black I Box mean, gauges, then you get the hot sauce. Dude, it's, it's great. It's fantastic. Go ahead and get, you, get yourself some. We recommend the Cottonmouth sauce. If you just want to give one a little taste, see what it tastes like, you know what I mean? Go ahead and uh, try that Cottonmouth. But if you want to just Dive on head first. Go ahead and get yourself the whole set. You won't be disappointed. Collect them all. Got to collect them all, man. And then part three of that economic plan, just go to fullviesapparel.com. That's right. Get yourself some shirts. I'm, I'm going to get some tank top options together of some of the designs, not all of them, because color options for tanks is fairly limited. Um. But come the warmer months, I did a little poll on Instagram, said, you know, if you wear tanks, if I offer tanks, do you want tanks? And a lot of people said yes. Like two people said no, but it's not, it's the other 90% that said yes. So <laughs> if you don't wear tanks, don't get a tank. I don't wear tanks. Very I'll simple. Make, I'll buy I'll one. That's right. So those will be coming people, here soon. A lot of people wear those things, man. Well, I was thinking about it, and it was like Chaz wears tanks, Harry wears tanks, Sky wears tanks. Like a lot of people I know wear tanks, and I'm I a don't have the body to pull off a tank top without looking like I beat my wife. Um, <laughs> you bring back the crop crop tank top. That's guys. That's not, that's guys next to the woods, boy. Yeah. <laughs> you like some crop tops. But, uh, I worry yeah. about him sometimes. I used to, I used to try and rock the tank back in the day, but uh, not, not. I mean, I long. could wear one, but I just don't want to intimidate everybody with my muscles. <laughs> That's fair. I'm afraid that. Thanks. Like, Thank you, dude. if I walk into Walmart with a tank on, they're gonna like lock it down because it's, it's gonna be a gun show. Yeah. I don't know. What if I forget my security? Might show up and tank. say, "Are you? Do you have a permit for those?" I'm gonna say, "Like, I don't need one." <laughs> I thought it was open carry in South Carolina. Right. I thought now. this was a constitutional carry state, son. <laughs> oh, my God. Can't help it if you've got these two cannons attached to my body. That's right. It's not my fault. God gave me these powers. I didn't ask for them. 
So, oh man, uh, all that and and more can be yours at fullvisapparel.com. Use code THN at checkout. That is the exclusive coupon code that does not get put out anywhere else other than here. He doesn't That's even advertise it, y'all. Exclusive code for THN listeners and viewers like you. But it has been a minute. Show, guys, we'll see y'all later. Yep, see you later. <laughs> but it's been a it's been a hot minute since we had a THP episode. It's only been like it hasn't been that long. I'm telling you, it's been almost a month. The other day, it's been like a month. I'm like, no, it hasn't. But it's been at least three weeks, if not a month. Last week you were, was, you, were, was you were thick. Wait for that. Was sick. Still kind of am, and I don't think the cigars have helped that because, like, throughout the entire process of being sick, I was like, I'm still smoking a fucking cigar. Oh, but I thought cigars were so good for you. And I mean, they are, but obviously, if you have like <laughs> sinus issues, they don't improve those symptoms. That's what medicine's for. That's what medicine's for. I know, bitch. All right, right here. Okay, it hasn't been quite a month, but our last THP That's was right. January 18th. Was Joe? No, it was our one-on-one. Oh. We got a one-on-one. Whatever, on it doesn't matter. I'm just saying. Tomorrow. I'm not wrong. Okay. Somatics at this point. Yeah. What's anything new happening since we haven't talked to each other in so long? Uh, not, not really. Other than flipping 10. I don't know. I'm sure... Oh yeah. I hope plenty of people t- tuned in that listen to this. But uh yeah, me and uh Sky or Skylar Williams uh started a new show to the network called Flippin' Ten. It's very field herping oriented and then you know how we take what we learn in the field and our observations into our personal collections. Um but it's definitely mostly ninety nine percent field herping oriented. So um uh, definitely trying to keep that that ball rolling you know with that of the main subject of the podcast um i feel like it's something that it's been missing for a while in herpticulture so very excited to keep doing that and um you know we've gotten a lot of a lot of good feedback so far we've only done one episode do you do you see any wheels around here any wheels no that's because you've just reinvented it (laughs) (laughs) no i didn't Definitely not reinventing a wheel, but you know, I definitely. No, I think the concept is really cool, and I think it's that yeah. kind of stuff, you know, between like that and and the the stuff the Podfather does, you know, with the NPR Network and and whatnot. I think that kind of stuff is helps evolve the podcast landscape a little bit by inspiring yeah. new ideas and and other things in people. So, yeah, it's good. We're, yeah, no, and uh, we're. We're super excited to get it going. You know, me and it kind of hit, we talked about it, you know, me and Sky talked about it back in, I think like October, November. I just hit him up. I was like, Hey man, you want to start a podcast? And he was like, bro, I've been wanting to start one forever. So we talked about it for a while and, you know, threw around a bunch of ideas and this is kind of what we landed on. So we are super excited. We've had a ton of good feedback and a lot of good conversation on the page. Um, so if you don't know yet, check out our Instagram page. It's Flippin' Tin Podcast. Um, you know, we just have the Instagram page right now, but a lot of stuff to come with it. Got a lot of ideas. We're going to start a YouTube page and everything um, to try and get some good field herping content out into the ether. I want to be the cameraman. I, that would be awesome. I'll uh, be the cameraman. I'll, I'll, shut, I'll shut up and I'll just stand in the background. <laughs> Yeah, that'd be sick, dude. I'm definitely not opposed to that at all. So, 
Hey, we've got we've got a ton of trips. I've already got a ton of trips lined up for this year. You know, I think off the top of my head, I've got at least four that are happening by soon. Slow um, down. And that's all. There's two in March, one in April. I've got two non-herp trips planned in May, so I can't do any herping out of state in May. And then June, we've got a trip planned. So there's there's a lot going on, and I'm sure there will be more after that and in between. So should be a lot. Should be a lot of good content between me and Sky. We get out in the field a lot, so we we should be able to put some pretty cool stuff together for the YouTubes. And uh, we're just, we're stoked, man. You know, everybody's been hyping us up about it. And I can't tell you how many people are like, man, I need to get in the field now. I want to get in the field, you know, and having everybody just all psyched up about it. And, you know, it's been my bad. You good, man. My son called me and uh, all of a sudden I couldn't hear you guys anymore. And I don't know <laughs> how to turn it back on. <laughs> Can you hear us now? Yeah, yeah. Right, I'll cool. be back in just a second, though. You're Thanks, good, man. Yeah, so we're we're just super excited. Yeah, you know, I'm glad everybody's getting excited about it. You know, it seems like ever since the episode, a lot of people have been like, dude, you got to get out in the field. So that's what we want. We just want everybody to get out and observe your local wildlife, you know, whether it's herbs or not, you know. Um, got to appreciate what we got while we got it. So super excited about that. Big shout out to Sky for going on this endeavor with me. I've been talking to him every day about it. And we're just... We're stoked. So if you haven't checked it out, flip it in podcast on Instagram. Dear diary. Yep. And then uh we, we're gonna be posting on the network. So all the and every episode's gonna be live streamed. So we're gonna be I think what we're gonna do now is alternate between THP and flipping tin. Um so it'll be one week THP, then the next week flipping tin. Um, at least once we get a schedule put together and all that. So a lot of good stuff to yeah. come. I was, you know, I was telling you that schedule kind of works out because that either enables me to get like a week off of that or be able to record Corn Stars or Contracast or, you know, yeah, sure. whatever else. Um, you know, the only, the only sort of thing I see with like the only logistical thing to figure out then is like, posting of whatever episode gets recorded while you guys are doing that like i don't want to drop two episodes in the feed in the same night i guess it wouldn't really matter because they're still going to be there regardless yeah but, they're going to be pre you know ours will be live you know then y'all recorded yeah i don't i don't see the issue in dropping two at the same time but you know we're sporadic that's what we do on the network it's Dude, there when it's there we guys, don't know what we're doing <laughs> you guys do amazing work and Thanks, I can't even figure out this thing in the web browser. So <laughs> no, it definitely, dude, I was on the phone with Justin before the show. I'm like, all right, do I push this button? How do I send sky the link? I don't know what I'm doing. And then figure out, figuring out garage band was a whole other thing. And Justin gave me a tutorial on garage band like two months ago and how to do something. And I forgot it all. And so I had to kind of figure it out while I was doing it. And then I did it all. And I felt all accomplished. I was like, yeah, I did it. <laughs> I I'm a man. <laughs> jokes, jokes on everyone. I have no idea what I'm doing either. So yeah, that's figured out along the way, you know. So but yeah, we're super stoked. Um, that's really the only big thing that's new. Um, you know, right now I've been prepping for herping season. I got a bunch of new equipment near soon, but I'm going to save all that for 
flipping 10 next week. Um, so a lot of new equipment, a lot of yes, plans. Yes, episode two is happening next week. Yes, next Thursday. I'm going to make a post about it probably this weekend. Um, just let everybody know that we'll be live. So if you're free next Thursday night at 8 p.m. EST, we'll be live. So check it in. Had a, had a lot, had a lot more people. Go ahead. What? Let's go ahead. I was just saying that there's a lot more people I tuned in for the first episode than I was expecting. I was I was expecting. Like I wasn't five, surprised at all. Five to ten people, maybe. Then there's like twenty to no. thirty people at one point. And I was like, oh shit! So more no, than I was expecting. I'm sure people are probably tired of seeing and hearing me, so it's refreshing <laughs> just to have something that I'm not involved in, dude. And having Sky, man, he's just the, the dude's a freaking. He's a light man. He's he's so contagious about any time he talks. You know, he's he's a definitely a great great person. Boys like show, so Ebola. <laughs> it's contagious. No, it's um, it's it's funny because I'm like, yeah, you know, hey, I'll get a week off periodically here and there, and then I'm like, you know what? It's funny because I'm gonna end up sitting here in the garage with a cigar, watching it live anyways. <laughs> like, I might as well have been involved regardless. <laughs> But you know, it's it's good. Yeah. Then like two days after the show, you had the shirts made for me and Sky. I was like, oh, he really did like it. I got I got dad's well, was Like I figured eventually you it was gonna it was gonna be it was gonna be asked about anyway. So I was like, let me go ahead and just like throw some together because yeah. it was also it was slow at work briefly and now it's getting back to just getting nuts again. So yeah. You know, whatever. Yeah, turned out great though. We're beyond excited, and oh, I was pumped about it before. And then that first episode dropped, and I was like, once you got a feel for what it was kind of going to be about, I was like, okay, this is going to be, <laughs> it's going to be really good. Like legitimately, I was like, this is going to be, this would be a nice sort of injection of, of something different and and some yeah. youth. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, man, we're uh, we're we couldn't be more more excited. I think we got a good thing going, and. Uh, Go try try and make it a whole brand, man. We're 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 stoked. So we'll see. See what happens. Gotta keep the momentum going though. So it's a big thing. Consistency is key. Yep. Other than that, not much new around here. I've still got snakes and cooling because it's actually been cold, so that's nice. Uh snakes are in the garage. Everything else in the room is up and feeding again. I did a short brumation for the actual room, a short and light brumation for the whole room just to help cycle the carpets and all the other colubrids. So everybody got about a month off of food and room stayed in the mid to low 60s. So it was good. Gave everything some time. And there's some stuff. I've got yellow rats here that are adults and they're in cages. And what I did with the other stuff is I actually pulled the entire V70 rack out and put it in the garage and then my other big stuff were in standalone tubs, so I just threw all them out there. But I have two yellow rats I'm going to pair up, but they're in bigger cages that I wasn't going to move. So I kind of just let them ride out in the room, gave them that month off of food, turned the lights off, and you know kept it cold. Um, so I'm going to see what that does, see if that gets anything going. I think with some of your Florida localities, I, I really think that should be enough, um, at least for most people it is. So we'll see. Got to see how that goes. One more feed, one more feed with them. And I'll start pairing them up, see what happens. I got to hope my female is actually a female though. So usually be, helps. Yeah. 
Yeah. No, it sucked because I know I've talked about this before, but like, so it probed, it's a wild caught animal and it probed female. It was like six scoots deep. And, but the problem is none of us were that great at probing, but it went in, kind of hit that wall and it was six scales in and I messaged Chris and he was like, yeah, it's a female, no doubt. Like, okay. But the tail itself, like the thickness and everything kind of screams male to me. So I'm not completely sold on it, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and I was waiting for a shed because I was going to send one off to to Rare Genetics, but she hasn't shed in the entire time I've had her. So we're just going to roll the dice and uh, see what happens. So, yeah. Nothing, I mean, the worst that happens is they just stare at each other. Yeah, exactly. They're like, what are you doing, dude? I don't know, dude. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So... Hope for the best. Yeah. Other than that, you know, everything's going. I just hope to God I can produce some pitch offices this year. So that'd be cool. Other than that, everything is as usual, I guess. Everything's eating, everything's eating, pooping, and mm -hmm. spilling their waters. So, yep. Definitely but, normal. Yeah. What about you? Anything new? Uh, no. I put some corns together. I put the Pod Blood Reds together. Um, I put one of the smaller pairs together that was going to be something i was probably going to try later in the season to see if they would go but i was like you know what even if it is a, a clutch it'll be a small clutch because it's a small female so let's give it a shot um and then that's it i went through and popped all the rhinos again last night or um you know and it looks like i have 1.4 so one of them definitely popped male and the other ones were it didn't wasn't anything noticeable that said yeah. male. So and once you get that, up. once you get that one pop good and you know, that one's male, you know, you're doing it right. So it makes you feel mm -hmm. better about the other ones. So I was with the rat snakes, you know, once I got it, I was getting males on the first try and any ones that did female, I tried it a few more times and nothing came up. I only missexed one of them because I was given 2.2 to Montrose. And I was like, oh, this female is nice. And I was like, I double checked all the sexes and I went to pop it and it popped two hemipenes. So I was like, well, there goes, there goes that. What the hell? It's like, I guess I'm keeping this one. <laughs> um, so. Um, so planning to, I was going to separate rhinos um, for the year, but I talked to Rob Stone and was like, how often, you know, do you breed your females back to back, you know? throughout consecutively you know year to year and he said yeah they do fine so i was i was thinking for some reason i'd heard him say that he gives his females a year off so i was like okay i'll, I'll separate mine um in a couple of weeks and and then give her the year off but if she'll be she'll be fine you know she's she's in good shape still from that that first clutch and um the only thing i may do is separate and do the other male a different male than the male that that she's in with right now i may change it up get some a little bit of diversity in there um but yeah i mean they're slowly coming around um i'm gonna probably offer some some food tomorrow to see if anyone else is getting on board with the the pinky and no fish on the, train on the pinky train that's right so nice um and then other than that yeah i mean there's nothing nothing else going on that i can think of um Kyle, I'm I'm kind of surprised you don't have rhinos. They seem like they'd be up your alley, you know, a green snake that does absolutely fucking nothing. Um, so. 
I was under the impression they do a lot. They do do a lot. Jake no. doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> they sit there. He, he put he, one. He put he one in my those, hands and it sat there like a stick the entire time. He keeps those cracked out barons that are constantly moving until their heart stops. That's so nice. anything that doesn't do that is sits there and does nothing. No, they. Dude, move. I'm, I'm listening to everything you guys are saying, and I'm like, damn, I got it easy over here. <laughs> No, man. Barons are barons are sweet. If you're gonna go for one, definitely barons. Because barons aren't bad. Like they move until they slow down, and then at that point, it's just like a slow movement. You know, they're fast at first. I mean, they're a fucking racer, but you know, they they they're Barely. going they're going at first, and then they slow down, and then they're just kind of chilling. You know, they're cool. Yeah. Plus, I'm they're sure really tanks, so branch out again. Oh, yeah. Everything's been the same in here, pretty much. It's a not a bad thing, dude. That's not a bad thing, you know. I think more more people need to keep it the same. They have more a lot a lot of success, as I think you have shown very well here in recent. Yeah, months. dude. Somewhat, yeah. I got the <laughs> the uh, clutch of Condros, and I, you know, I don't want to get my hopes up on the emeralds. Like, I'll wait till I see see live babies before I'm really excited. You know. Yeah, for sure, dude. That but, was. I saw that female you posted that that ovulation that girl had. Holy smokes, dude! That, dude. She, she looked like she ate a rat, like a big yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, she did. It, and like she's eaten large rats, even. So the good thing about all of that is, I'm looking for like them building follicles and stuff, and then I'm trying to hit them when I see that mid body swell with with like a big meal, like a, a medium. And I, I'm kind of afraid to go above that with, yeah. with that situation going on. So I hit her a little too early, I think. Um, Cause she was pretty swollen and then she did really nothing. Like she digested it and she was hungry again. So a couple of weeks later I hit her with a small rat and, uh, she she didn't swell up obviously because those don't really even leave a lump in her. But then after a few days, she started just continually swelling, and then I was waiting on the male to shed and throw him back in just so I could make sure I get you know another lock or two in. And uh, I put him in. She was just running away from him all night, and then mm. the next morning I look at her and I'm like, oh snap, I got to get him out of there <laughs> right now. Dude, she yeah. that was the most obvious ovulation I've ever seen from any snake, dude. It's an ovulation. Yeah. I would yeah. say it was pretty obvious. Yeah, like and, and, it was huge. Dude, there was a I'll have to send you guys the video, but I looked on the I was looking at the ring and just kind of seeing what she was doing. Or not ring, but I use Wise in here. And uh, I'm scrolling back on the Wise. And all of a sudden, I see her like pancaked on her back with her tail still on the branch. I'm like, "What the hell happened here?" So I went back a little bit further, and she was, she started off the day like crossed against a, a couple of different perches, and then at one point, she just went back to the perch she's always on and was just chilling like normal. And you just see her like slowly teeter over and just fall off the branch because she was holding that, holding that lump up. Jeez. I was kind of sketched out when I saw it. And then I'm like, damn, no. So I, I ran in here and like brought the perches even closer together really quick. And uh, we've been good since. But yeah, she's, 
she was freaking ridiculously huge. Yeah, and she's not even the biggest the biggest emerald. Like the other female, I thought her ovulation was big. So that's nuts, dude. Well, uh, I guess you know, we kinda already already gave that away but you know if uh if you haven't yet if you haven't yet go back and we we had kyle on about four years ago so scroll way way back scroll through the other 400 something episodes on the network and and listen to that and then listen to this and see how things kind of compare so kyle kind of give us a rundown about you know we know your collection hasn't changed a lot but give us a rundown of the collection and kind of how you've done things and yeah, where where you're at today and everything you've accomplished because you're you're killing it right now, man. Yeah, so um, I have two, well, I guess three, uh, a trio of chondros that are sexed, um, all mixed local different localities and stuff. They're Bushmaster imports, um, and and then I got um. What is it? Like three confirmed female emerald tree bows, northern northern emerald tree bows, uh, confirmed male, and then a couple uh, like sub adults mm-hmm. that I haven't even bothered checking out yet. And then I got a lone a lone carpet python now. It's a diamond jungle. Uh, I lost my my hairline jungle and my gamma uh, last year tinnido virus ah, so, shit. yeah the male uh, i started pairing them up and then the male came down with the ri in like august and uh it was it was a long time after i separated them too so at that time it was so unusual and he he stopped eating and all that i went ahead and swabbed him and he came back positive so of course he was with the female i, I swabbed her as well and she was too and then it just one of those decisions where like i i maintained it for a while like i tried to just work every every group separate like the yeah. stuff that was nido negative and established for a while i would work first and then finish off either you know if the if the nido animals needed something i would tend to them and then i have um some wild caught emeralds too that i had in a separate area and it was just balancing all of those between three groups and trying not to cross contaminate got to be a lot. So, um, I went ahead and I reached out to some people who said they might be interested in them at first, but ultimately I made the decision that it was, uh, it was a gamble to, to send them to someone because the people that I wanted to send them to fell through, they didn't, you know, they couldn't maintain that either. And I didn't want to sell it to some random and then risk them potentially turning around and selling them and stuff. So I, I made that hard decision and, uh, but I got this, this diamond jungle here. He's always come back negative. He's never, uh, or yeah, diamond jungle, never come back positive. And, uh, he was never paired to the female or anything. So I'm just keeping him as a pet and I don't know, I juggle around whether I want to get back into carpets again. I mean, keeping yeah, them is yeah. keeping them is cool, but I don't know that it's a breeding project I want to pursue. Yeah, dude. And once you once you battle Nida, everybody knows I, I've been down that. Once you battle that 
that it's it's hard to bounce back from dude it really you know for me it took out like half of my takes the wind out of your sails man you know it it killed a lot of a lot of my collection and um you know it it sucks it's 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 hard to bounce back from you know you get in your head about it and you know it's it's just it sucks man you know and at that point it makes you not want to buy more animals you know like it's 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 rough man you know i've tested all my stuff you know everything i've got now luckily i've got a group that always came back negative and haven't had any issues but i never had like the the positive no signs animals you know what i mean like anything like all of a sudden left and right, I had animals popping with our eyes and I'm like, what the heck, you know, and you, you swab them, they come back positive and you want to do what you can and save them. But anytime, as soon as you get them better from the RI, it a month later, they're right back to the same. And it's like, do I really want to keep just force this animal to be alive right now? Like how shitty is that? You know, like how, how bad, it's not a good feeling, you know, when your animal just keeps getting sick and sick and sick. Like that's no life. Yeah. You, know, you can prolong it all you want, but it's not going away. And you know, at that point it's better for the animal just to put it out of its misery, man. You know, yeah. I, it's heartbreaking. It sucks. Yeah. I had to do it to animals that I loved. I had to do it to the first carpet Python I ever owned, you know, and that, yeah. that, that sucked, dude. Like my first ever carpet I ever got. The reason I, fell in love with them you know that that was a hard day you know and but you got to do what's best for your animals man it's it's a hard thing yeah that that female was asymptomatic and she was with me for four or five years before before that and it makes me wonder you know like did this is that why she got sold as an adult you know proven proven breeder but i mean that's that's in the past and all that right just but like you said, you know, I'm I'm skeptical about bringing things in, and um, it definitely I was lucky that you know my first kind of exposure to the hobby and stuff was like Carpet Fest at the Bartolini's and stuff, and seeing you know how how everyone's preventing cross contamination. So you know, early on in the hobby, I got it out of the way that you yeah. know picking up a snake and putting it back and being like, Oh, this one, now I'm going to handle it. Right. Everything was always gloves and separate tongs and stuff. So, um, and boy, um, do I, do I, do I remember that first carpet fest with you? Oh yeah. (laughs) That that night goes down. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely, man. I think, but I think the two carpet fest because we you were at both of them that we had yeah. out there, and uh, dude, both of those were just legendary nights, man. Seriously, <laughs> so much fun. Yeah, um, I miss carpet fest. I, yeah. I gotta get back to back to like some shows and stuff so I could see people. It's been a couple. Of years. I mean, Daytona was the last show I went to like two years ago. Yeah, I was about to say, and I saw you for about five seconds. Yeah, together. <laughs> Yeah, we were leaving there. My son's like, "Oh, I want these so bad." I'm like, "Monkey-tailed skinks." I don't know shit about <laughs> them, dude. We, we'll talk about getting you, getting you a reptile when you get home. And ultimately, we settled on a, a panther chameleon. And that's uh, cool. Yeah, that's sick. <sighs> but it's got legs, man. It's a lot of work. Yeah, I'm so big size. Dude, snakes spoil you, dude. Yeah. 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 
And uh, I don't know. I, I get what people say about they're like kind of challenging to keep because randomly he'll come down with like an infection in his eye or something. And I'm like, oh, here we go. <laughs> Great. You know, like so discouraging, <laughs> but, yeah. but rewarding at the same time because they're, that's, they're that's cool what- species. When that happens, that's when you just go play with your conjurers and remember that everything's okay. You know what? Yeah. He, he I would be morning. remembering that things could be way worse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He got up one morning after that clutch was born and was like, can I have a snake? And I'm like, what? Let's, <laughs> let's talk about this a little bit. And uh, he chose one of my holdbacks. So, you know, when I think he's, when I think he's ready and I'm teaching him a little bit, a little yeah. bit at a time because he's still young. He cares when he cares, and then it's like he forgets sometimes, you know. So there, it's still in here, and I'll raise it till I think he'll he'll pay enough attention. Yeah. And uh, but he chose a good one. He chose like a full, almost full stripe yellow neo, great eater, the best eater out of the group. So I can I can fully support it. So he's got the high. That's what you're saying. He's already got the high. (laughs) He's big on uh, uh, what's her Emily, Emily's reptile or reptile discovery or whatever. Yeah, reptile discovery. Yeah, yeah. He's big on that. So that's what kind of piqued his interest again. I'm just glad it wasn't monkey tail skinks. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so glad. I'm glad for you. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I just looked at them and I was like, dude, no way. Yeah, I can just look at these and know how much how much trouble I'm gonna have with them. So. I don't think it's necessarily even that. I think like uh, a lot of the people I've talked to that have kept them, you know, obviously they're not all gonna be like this, but it, it sounds like a lot of them can be kind of nasty. Really, like, really not, really not friendly and not enjoyable and like kind of kind of vicious. I've heard hmm. like they just scratch the ever loving shit out of you. I don't Every even care about the tails, dude. Like... You know those things could, could the jowls on those things <laughs> you know, bite you. Yeah. That's gonna suck. Yeah. Yeah, they're like little aliens. Yeah, dude. They yeah, are. They're, they're kind of creepy. Their they're eyes like... kind of creep me out. But... Yeah. Yeah, most it's definitely. Human looking. Yeah, and you so... went you and the, I don't remember how old your oldest boy is, but I know since our last episode, you went and had like two kids, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. So we got an eight year old, an almost two year old, and an almost one year old. Man, oh, I know you're busy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Between them and here, it's it's. Uh, I don't I don't have much free time. Yeah, is, I hear you, man. I'm fine with that. It's yeah, good. you know, but uh, for good cause. What yeah. was uh? How many was the? What was the total count on those condors? So, fifteen eggs laid, fifteen hatched, mm-hmm. um, and then I lost three pretty early on yeah and i it was just i think it was just me mm-hmm. like being get so frantic to feed them like get them eating and stuff yeah and th- those three i i immediately was like these are my favorite and i think i i overcared them you know so mm-hmm. it, it kicked me in the nuts pretty quick and then i didn't realize how long i would really carry that that guilt feeling either it, like still sometimes I'm like, damn, the way these ones are rocking and rolling, I, I could have done something different for sure. But um, so now I got 12 and they're all doing really good. Um, there was still a couple pain, pain in the ass ones that took a couple of cyst feeds 
before they yeah. finally turned on their own. And then one started off eating on its own and then stopped for a while. And uh, I couldn't do anything to get him to strike again. So I had to assist feed him. And eventually I'm like, man, this thing seems like it doesn't want to live. I'm going to wait till it's for sure really hungry and I'll try again. But other than that, like, I'm not going to keep battling with it. Yeah. Like the runt outgrew it. And um, it it turned on its own shortly after that. And now, knock on wood, it's got like six or seven meals on its own. Nice. So all all are eating on their own. I'm just trying to get them on a similar feeding time because it's, you know, for a while there, it's I'm feeding something every single day. Yeah. And uh, the this building is obviously in our backyard, so it is a little distance to stop what I'm doing in the house with, with the kids and right. come out here to make sure I get them fed at yeah. a, at, at the ideal time for them. Cause right. they were finicky with that too. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, so I got 12 left now. There was, uh, five red Neos and the rest were yellows. They were all bangers, dude. Every single one you posted pictures of, I was like, damn, like, dude, dude. There was oh, a lot of variability in that clutch. That yeah. The blaze one, there's a rotten banana. And then the reds, there's a super light one, some super dark ones with gold gold dorsals. And yeah, I was really happy with it. And, so, and what was the like pairing as far as locality goes? So uh, the female is Jambalaya. She's a Aru Jayapura. And the male was uh, my Cyclops Moonshine. So he See, was a red baby. Huh? I, I love that so much because those two, Moonshine and Jambalaya, I've watched you raise those snakes basically since you got them. Dude, and, yeah. And, and the fact that it's just like come full circle, I was so stoked for you when you told me you got the clutch and you were hatching these babies out. I was like, oh my God, like those two snakes, dude. Like th- those were like your first conjures, weren't they? Yeah, yeah, that was like uh, jambalaya was like probably my my fourth snake in general because oh I got in God. around 20, 2017. Yeah, and um, yeah, she was she was my fourth snake, and she's the only one like the the one I've had the longest. So um, that's crazy. Yeah, dude, it, it is crazy. And then he came shortly after her. Yeah, but uh, yeah, and and this. For such a long time, I kind of put chondros on the back burner because I, I really love emeralds. Like I'm, I'm yeah. all about the emeralds, and I focused on them so hard that it was just like I was just keeping keeping the green trees. I, I I thought maybe one day I'd end up pairing them and stuff, but I wasn't in any rush. And I do think that's a a big thing about why I was able to hatch all those eggs because that she's a small female. Like I weighed her last last January or February, and she was like four hundred and eighty three grams. So I was like, "There's no way I'm pairing her yet." And dude, I don't mean, you'd be surprised. Yeah, yeah, but everyone would say, you know, at the the smallest female they've seen breed was like five hundred grams. That's but not that, like even in the wild, though. From what Natush yeah. found. Like that's still bigger than what the average is that they're finding with eggs in the wild. Yeah. 
Yeah. And uh, I wasn't in a rush. I was just going to wait it out and keep keep feeding her what I was feeding her. Like I wasn't going to try and bump it up or anything because she's close. And I do believe maturity is way more important. So, uh, yes, moonshine went off feed randomly in the end of April. And I was like, huh, that's weird. He's, he's never done that, you know, so we shed out. And uh, I tried to feed him a few days later and he still wasn't eating. So I waited a couple of weeks tried again and uh eventually i'm like hmm someone in here is is doing something and she wasn't acting any different so i just threw him in there with her one day before i went to work and uh i came back out before i left and they were like already locked up like hmm okay that makes sense Yeah. And there was another there was another male that was off feed too that that carpet python and he was he was pretty young so I thought it was weird but it was just really playing off the signs that he was giving me that made me even pair them but I it was kind of at that point I was just like well you know she's she's telling me she's ready even though I don't think she's ready at 483 grams I don't think she's gonna jump into anything she she can't handle because she's pretty she's a pretty solid girl she's got good muscle tone yeah not fatty at all but um she bounced back good too and dude i mean 15 eggs i mean come on man like you can't it didn't get much better than that (laughs) no yeah i was surprised there was no slugs or anything and i think that right there dude like the whole no slug thing like Slugs are a part of the game. Like you're going to get slugs, but when you don't get any and you get an absolutely perfect clutch and every single one hatches, like there's, there's this feeling of pride when you get that. If like she was, she was perfect, you know, everything went according to plan. Like this, this was picture perfect, you know, when you get, when you get that and it's, it's great feeling. Yeah, every time something happened, I would I would set a goal like that. Like, okay, yeah. now all, all 15 are good. There's no slugs. I got to get them all to hatch. Like, she put in all that work, so I'm going to make sure I do it right. And uh, I had a scare with the very last egg still in the incubator because it was taking a few days more than the rest of them to hatch. And so I pulled them and put them all in one tub and kept this one in the incubator. And... I had cut a slit when the first one pipped and I could see there was an animal inside of it. And uh, so finally I, I kind of peeled it back a little bit and I saw its tongue flick out at me and it popped its head out for a second and then went back in. So I'm like, okay, we're good. I'm going to leave you in here. And uh, I used the Govi hygrometers in the incubator and then there's one hanging from the chain on the ceiling fan in the room. And I happened to look down one day and it was almost, I think it was like 99 degrees in the incubator. I'm like, what the? So I ran out here and the whole room is hot. And I threw open the door, threw open all the windows, put a, a fan in the window so I could blow out the hot air, open the incubator and got it. I went over to the mini split and 
logged in and it was just off. Like there was, it was randomly off in the middle of the day in the summer. And so uh, I manually kicked it on and then I started looking and for whatever reason, I have a Mr. Cool DIY mini split and it has the Wi-Fi that communicates with the thermostat or your phone. And I was running it off only my phone, but for whatever reason, there's a thermostat and a remote and they were both sending different sig like different commands to the to the unit. So even though I had it programmed to run, I think I was keeping it like 80, 80 degrees in the room at the time. Uh, it just turned off and it had done that multiple times. And, uh, but the, the egg was good. Like that meal was perched when I pulled it out. I'm like, well, damn, that must've forced him out. Yeah. And I uh, got him out and I don't even know which one it was because when i went through numbering them they were all in the they were all in a tub and i'm wondering if it's that one that randomly went off feed because it was a yellow neo hmm. but um it, whichever one i'm pretty sure it survived so it seems like either way it worked out you know it, it sucks those things are scary but you know it, it seems like it, it worked out you know you didn't lose any animals in the process right no, no, everything else was good. I, I think I caught it quick enough because yeah. I was hyper vigilant about checking that thing every so often anyway. Um, and then I had to go back and forth with Mr. Cool and try and figure out what was going on with it. And ultimately, I just ended up pulling out the, the Wi-Fi um, antenna out of it. And now I have to manually mess with it from the the thermostat like i'll have to connect it on bluetooth and then go in there and set the parameters and it'll maintain within those but other than that i'm really relying on the room to do its thing yeah and so, i think i think there's a lot to be said for that like you know what i do is i normally like even in the summer like i'm a, it's a little different you having an external building like that, that does make things a lot more uh, difficult almost than like a bedroom in your house. But like what I do during the summer, you know, I have the vents closed in here for AC and heat and all that. And I run, I basically temperature, I, I run the temperature of my room based off my oil filled heater. And even during the summer, it's it's running because it'll still get cooler in here because even though the vents are closed, it still blows enough. So I leave yeah. it running, but I normally leave it on one setting and I let the room fluctuate as it is outside. So it cool off a little bit at night, you know, it's going to heat up during the day. So I just kind of let that ride, man. And it's been it's been working really well to me. I think there's something to be said for letting the room kind of do it, do its thing. You know, it's more natural yeah. than keep than keeping it at a straight 80.2 degrees, you know, 24 yeah. seven, you know, they, 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 they that, that fluctuation is always good. You know, yeah. obviously when it's hitting 99 degrees in the entire room, that's a different story, but you know, it's, I definitely don't mind the, uh, the little swing and stuff. Yeah. It's just the, the heat here does get crazy yeah. it's yeah. nice though we we do get like real cold like i cooled the room from october 31st and then i just bumped the temps back up uh beginning of february and uh it was it can get down to 
60 in here if i let it i actually just brought a oil filled radiator in here yeah and hooked it up to an ink bird and that's what has been controlling the temps for the most part like i haven't i haven't really kicked the ac on or anything where where'd you put, the, where'd you put huh? the probe on on the ink bird yeah like on uh, the heater how do you have that set up oh so i put the uh the ink bird is a 306 T, I think. Mm -hmm. I can't see it from here, but it's a 306 T, and I just put a mounting base, like one of the little plastic mounting bases for zip ties on the wall, like uh, probably three quarters of the way up the wall on this side of the room, and I just ran the, the probe through that, and it just protrudes out. Oh, okay. So it's not the prettiest thing, but hell, it works. Yeah. And it's it's really not noticeable. Like I put it so the cords kind of behind the incubator. It's pretty pretty low key. Mm -hmm. And uh then the oil oil filled radiator, I just left it on high and pushed okay. it out to the middle of the room. And then I got the ceiling fan and then like the the emerald cages on the top in the room have have fans close to the screen or on the screen to kind of push air in and out. So I want yeah, to do that with everything. I think eventually yeah. like it can get really stagnant in here. Mm -hmm. so. That's why I did the ceiling fan thing is, is huge. My ceiling fan in the snake room is on high 24 hours, seven days a week. It, it, yeah. I never turn it off. You know, it's, it's, it's such a big thing to have, you know, air circulation, especially, especially when you're running racks, you know, like I ventilate the ever loving hell out of my tubs and I've got yeah. that thing fan running 24 seven. I think that is such a huge thing, you know, it is. Um, and it gave me a good, uh, it gave me a good reason to buy that like banana leaf blade fan that they yeah. sell yeah <laughs> Dude, i wanted the, one of those forever but i'm like i look in these rooms and i'm like hmm it just wouldn't look right in here and then i'm like oh i know snake room perfect one i got the biggest one and i put it up and it's beautiful it works great yeah that's awesome and, uh, but yeah the ventilation on the cages i've definitely that's one nice thing about this being completely separate from the house because when the reason we got this is because Originally, my snake room was where the uh, the boys' room is now. So they share their room over there, and I we're like, we can't afford a bigger house right now. Yeah. Um, so what we did was just take out an equity loan and then yeah. build this. And like, it maintains humidity perfectly in here. I run a dehumidifier, actually, to keep it down by 60 because wow. it gets so humid. And uh, so... The winter time, I'll, I'll crack a window for a little while, but I don't. That's when it's hard to cool it down in here still. Yeah. But other than that, I've noticed it'll dry it out really quick. So, and that's that's probably the one issue I'm having in my room currently is humidity. And here, where we're at, it's very it's very humid in our area. But because I run my heater all the time you know it yeah. does dry out the room so i'm looking at trying to get a humidifier possibly or probably this year because i had some problems with stuck sheds and you know i keep a gauge up there and it's always it's always like there even during the summer it'll get down into like 40 30 percent humidity because the heater's still running so i'm like I, i'd like it a little better than that you know and 
Cause I noticed, I, I noticed when I turned the, the oil heater off for the winter and let my room get down to like 60, the humidity shot up to like, you know, 50, 60%. And I was like, this needs to be kind of flip-flopped. Like it needs yeah. to be 50, 60% in the summer. And then it needs to dry out a little bit in the winter, you know, just to kind of give them that. So I was like, I gotta, I gotta change something up. Cause yeah. I, I don't really like that. But That's one thing I wish I, Oh, go ahead. I say I just, I've been running mine just at night, like especially now, like as cold as it's been at night. I just mm-hmm. click mine on when I get home from work, and then in the mornings I turn it off and let it, you know, the room kind of warm up to whatever it gets to be. Because we have the heater running as well, and there's been a couple days like right now we're in this weird place where if the heater's on, like the middle of the day, it's freaking hot in the house. Like it's yeah. it's hot. It's same at work. Like they kick on the heater and then they don't turn it off, and then middle of the day we're all sweating like crazy because it's a billion degrees in there yeah because so. right now it's like dirt at night it's getting down to like oh. high, high 30s low 40s and then during the day it's, it's like, like 65 60 to 65 yeah. and it's like okay this is, so this what is i've been be doing bad. is i just kick it on at night and then i cut it off because i don't have any heat running on anything in my room like i don't have heat panels going i don't have racks running like it's whatever the room is and so that oil filled heater because it's a smaller room it doesn't take a whole lot to to get that room going so i just pretty much have it set to like whatever the the one is out of the three and then i have that that gradient dial turned down fairly low too so yeah, yeah. that seems to be more than enough if anything it, it almost gets too warm in there some days yeah so. no for sure but again <laughs> I, I like the fluctuation man i i really do like i try to leave it on one setting and don't really touch it unless it hits like if it i because during the summer i'll come in here and sometimes it'll be like 84 85 and i'm like ah let's let's create that sucker down a good bit you yeah know, and then let that fluctuate because having you know i have to have a sweet spot with the type of colubrids i keep you know the rat snakes are fine but the pituophis they get real antsy when it's over 80 so I, yeah. I try i try to keep it around 78 in the year pretty much year round for the colubrids not year round but like during the summer you know in most months i try to keep around 78 to 80 and that's been working real well but I'm slowly trying to transition over to like having everything ambient in here because dude, I, I'll heat it up it's, to, like, it's fantastic. Dude, I was so close. And then, and then all these pairings started happening and I'm like, son of a gun, I'll wait until after this, this is good. And then I'll hold off for a little while. But yeah, it just seemed like I don't, I don't want my room. 80, 84, 83 degrees when I come in here to work. And yeah, uh, so, so I still have uh, my pro products panels running in like the Exoterras and uh, um, there's a, a tub in here that has one in it. But I killed all my, my RBIs because they, they almost killed my, my uh, females after my female chondros. Like both of their their panels failed at the same time, mm. and uh, I didn't really notice at first until they started getting kind of like wheezy and stuff. Yeah, uh, and it was just freezing cold. I, I I guess when I say almost killed them, I just think immediately like the worst case scenario when something right. like that comes up and I yeah. panic. So I'm like, I'm I, this room ambient. I worry way more about heat than I do cold. Yeah, like I, I think I think your sweet spot for a lot of your and I thought about doing it with the carpets, but again, 
with the carpets, I still have external heat. I do belly heat more than anything. You know, I've switched mm -hmm. over to these. Um, uh, I've switched everything over to heat pads, like actual, like not because they used to have like sections of heat tape that ran under my cages. Mm -hmm. now I've got the big reptile basic heat pads that are really big, and I put them under my cages and. The yeah, because you don't have to have a thermostat with those. I still do on my cages, mm -hmm. but you know. Um, but so I've switched all those over because I hate heat tape with every bone in my fucking body. Like I don't I don't like heat tape. You know, I, I take a I would take a heat panel over heat tape any day. But I think the sweet spot with a lot of your tropical boas and pythons, it's not necessarily keeping your room at 84 all day every day because i have done yeah. that i did that previously and it sucked for cleaning like a lot you know but um what skylar does so he keeps barons and pythons and you know or carpet or poplin carpets barons and you know a couple colubrids um but what he does is it's basically it's almost changing all day, almost like almost like it does outside. It's not to the extreme that Florida and you know we get. It's not 100 degrees in his room. Yeah. But, you know, his room ranges like it'll be lower in the morning and at night. And then it gets hotter and hotter throughout the day. So it reaches a peak of 84, 85, possibly 86 for a little bit like midday hottest of the day it gets that warm and then it slowly comes down at night you know that whole thing i think he's got it figured out you know it doesn't need to be 84 degrees all day every day 24 7 yeah. like as long as you hit that 84 85 for you know three four hours at a time a day and then you bring it back down you'll be you'll be rocking you'll be rocking out pretty well. So I think, you know, especially if you can learn your cleaning regimen, if you can have it hit that 84, 85, maybe even 86 for like a couple hours, you know, at like two to five o'clock ish, start bringing it down. And once it gets down, then you go out and clean. You might, yeah. you might be yeah. in a better, a better spot, you know? Yeah. I really yeah. only bring it up that high, even like after they've ovulated because for, for a while now, I've had their heat panels set to like 82. Um, well, when I was running all heat panels on everything, like right. their thermostats generally set to 82, 83 maybe. Right. Um, and then after they ovulate, like the, the uh, green tree, I wanted to bring her up closer to 85, 86. And then the emeralds, I've been told like people keep their hot spot after they ovulate close to 90. And I just don't have cage is big enough to do that and also the ambient temperature is kind of it's, it's still kind of high it's still 82 in here so i keep it a little bit lower than that like i, I set them to 86 which at the perch would be around 88 mm -hmm. and i have noticed them staying under the heat like they don't come off it very much when i bump it up a degree they're always on the other side so i think that's kind of a a good spot there but that's really the only time I would probably have to worry about it getting that hot. All right. The nice thing about the Mr. Cool when it was working properly is that it had uh, comfy settings and I could set a comfy setting for any of my schedules where in the daytime it could go up to 84 or if it went a degree above 84, it would cool it back down, but it would never go under 
80. And then at night, I would do like 75 to 78. And then it would cool it down as it needed. But now that it's not on Wi-Fi, it has one comfy, comfy setting for anything you use, like any schedule you make. If that makes okay. sense. Like I can only make one schedule. I can't make mm-hmm. separate ones. So it was hard to do, like, especially in the winter, like let it get warm in the daytime and then cool it down. But then all of a sudden it's already cool outside and then the AC is blowing too. And then it's just constantly going back and forth on and off, on and off. So that's why I brought that heater in here and it helped out a lot. But aside from the, the pro panels, I have two, the, the two female chondros have, uh, what you were just talking about it. The, um, the heat tape, not heat, like the heat. Tape, but the pad. Yeah. Ultra, therms. ultra therms, Yeah. Yeah. I put ultra therms on those with some okay. like insulation just to keep it, keep it a little warmer. Cause I was having a hard time getting a, a real warm spot there, but everything else in here seems to doing, be doing fine where it's at. Like I yeah. haven't had any RI. Um, there was one of the female emeralds, the wild caught one ended up with a little like wheeze for a little while. Um, but I think I, I just let it dry out too much. Yeah. So, yeah, man, there's a, there's a big, there's a something to be said for if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like if it's yeah. working, let it work, you know, like yeah. it's, it's a big thing, man. And you know, if it works for you, cause everybody's room is different, you know, everybody's you know, area is different. It's going to work different ways, you know, and if it's working for you and your animals are healthy, everybody's doing well, you, you just need to leave that shit, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's, yep. Cause I think yeah, that, so. I, I think that is an issue that some people can struggle with is they're always searching for something else that's easier or whatever, you know, and it may work, but a lot of times your animals acclimate to how you run things. And all of a sudden you want to change something and things get hairy. It's like, okay, they're not used to how you're, how you're doing that. You know, if you run your room a certain way and everything's doing well, you know, you should probably just keep on doing that. Yeah. Um, So, you know, I thought for sure when I moved everything out here that it could be like a, a year plus before anything was really acclimated and ready to do anything. So I didn't have any plans on pairing anything until this year, but um, they they all settled in really well. And I think it's just, I'm doing things the same, well, trying to get the same parameters and everything in here as I was in there, except for I'm not fighting the central air, drying things out or the big window, getting things too, too cold or too hot. And, uh, it just all flows really well. And that's where I'm starting to see stuff go where I want it to go. Yeah, for sure, man. Well, kind of moving from, that aspect of things i i personally think you are the you are the poster child or perfect example of the take your time and you will succeed you know kind of story so what do you what would be your advice to you know because i i I see the success success you've had and i think it is so much to do with 
you didn't rush things. You you were okay with raising stuff for several years, letting things acclimate to you and how you do things. You know, I think you did everything how how everybody should do things, you know, raise it for, you know, five, six, seven years and be okay with the weight game. So, you know, what kind of, what advice would you give to somebody who kind of, who's itching to breed, but they, they don't know where they're at and, you know, what, 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 how was the waiting game for you? And what advice would you give somebody to, to have the type of success that you're having right now? I, I really enjoy everything I keep. So it's not, it's not a thing. Like I don't, I don't think about it as in, Oh, I'm just trying to breed this and all that. Like I, I legitimately would, you know, get a lot of joy out of coming out here and just dude, it, seeing, seeing an emerald or a green tree python even have a bowel movement because they're so sedentary. Like that thing takes a crap. I'm like, cool. I'm happy to clean it. And I'm happy <laughs> to see you do something because usually you're just sitting on a stick. Um, Proof of life. And- yeah yeah but uh you know we used to have a lot of talks about that back when you and i first met jake and we'd talk about you know feeding feeding slow like but feeding good sized meals and stuff and that really is what i i think with emerald emeralds in general need like emeralds people underfeed them um you know and and feed them more frequently or feed them and don't feed them more frequently. Like they'll be feeding them small, small mice or whatever too long and stuff. And I've, I've had an emerald die on me from being fed too small for too long. And by the time I tried to bump it up, it was, it hadn't had a good stomach stretch and stuff. So Mm -hmm. it it was just any time I would try and bump that bump up to that next prey size, it, it puked and then it died. And it was a baby. It wasn't from, um, you know, chlamydia or cryptosporidium. Like all that stuff came back fine. It was just a matter of the the person I got it from was feeding it pinkies from the day it was born until they sold it to me a year, year and a half later. And uh, so I've always been big since I got into this on I'm going to give them a good size meal. And I'm not going to feed as frequently. So after, like with the chondros, I think after a year and a half, two years, I went to monthly feedings. Yeah. Um, the emeralds, pretty pretty quickly, as soon as they started taking uh, like adult mice or smaller adult rats, depending on their situation, um, I would feed them monthly as well. But in, in the beginning, when their metabolism's a little faster and it's going, I'm I'm pretty on top of things. And then when I, you, you can always, it's pretty easy to tell when something is ready to go to the next step. Like if I'm if I'm feeding you small rats and you're looking kind of skinny, um, you know, we we might move up to mediums, right? And I did. I did get that that one female that had that big ovulation. I think I over not overfed her, but fed her too big for a little while because there was a time when she was taking large rats, and I was like, "Well, she can, and she's looking good." And then next thing I know, she's got those like creases on her sides. I'm like, "Okay, we're going back to mediums," <laughs> and uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully, uh, her uh, being gravid will 
you know, she'll lose some of that weight probably. That's a, that's a, I can't remember who it was, was on a podcast and they're like, so how do you, how do you get an obese emerald to, to come back down in size? And they're like, oh, you breed them. (laughs) (laughs) I guess we'll see. That's my only chance of that because I, I don't know, like they're, they're super lazy. I got a, a bamboo laundry rack that I'll take outside in the summer and I'll put them on it. And sometimes I'll even turn the hose on and let it, let it rain on them uh, to get them to move and stuff. But I think, you know, down the road, this room has already become small to me, especially with the chondro babies and then any potential babies in the future. I'm like, well, I'd really love like three foot cages at least three foot cages for my adult chondros and emeralds, um, mm-hmm. probably four for the emeralds. Cause they are like significantly bigger. There was a while there where I was like, these aren't, these aren't really big as people say they are, but get five, six years on them at just a normal feeding rate. And they're pretty big damn snakes. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, I think big cages will help with that too, where they, yeah. You know, they can't just, they need to go explore. And that'll help with that whole heating regimen thing you got going on. You know, if you want to heat it up, it's not going to be as big of a deal. If you have a centralized heating area, you know, if they want to get away from it, it's a lot easier to go four feet to the other side. (laughs) It's, you know, um, but yeah, man, I I just, I, I think it's awesome, you know, how you've, how you've done things. You didn't, you didn't rush anything like, you know, for anybody who didn't hear our episode before, I mean, Kyle, you and I have known each other for six six years, just about now at this point, you know, we met it. I think we talked before the first carpet fest and then we met at the very first carpet fest, which I want to say was 2018. I think so. Maybe. Yeah. I think there was 18 and 19. Yeah, we did yeah, 18 and 19. The last one I went to was, well, the last one was 19. Yeah. So sure. yeah, it's been 18 that we did. And, you know, watching your progression and how you did things to now, which is, it's been, it, it's been a long time, but like, you know, you're just now getting to breeding. And I think that's, that's what, you know, we've always tried to kind of push on people is like, don't, don't feed your animals and get them to this adult size in two, three years, you know, give them, give them time, give them, you know, give them, give them that little bit of time to get, to get mature, get the size naturally. Don't power feed them every, you know, four to five days, you know, a big meal to get them up to size, you know? And, And I think you're reaping the benefits at this point. And it's, it's, it's awesome to see, dude. I was so stoked for you when you got that first clutch. And I appreciate know, that, man. Yeah, man. You know, I think it's it, it shows it shows how good things can be if you do it right. Yeah. You know yeah, I, I mean? think so. I, I don't have like I don't feel like there's a a time or expiration on any of any of yeah. this stuff in here. I'm still, you know, eighty percent of them I raised from babies. And yeah. even though it's been five, six years, it's still such a short period of time. Like if, if we're doing things right. Right. So um, I am just now getting to enjoy all of that side of things 
and yeah. uh, it's been really cool. It and does go by does, quick. Uh, yeah, and, yeah. And then if you think, and that's what, like, if you think about it like this, these animals under proper care should live to 20, 25 years plus. Yeah. Six years is a drop in the hat compared yeah. to how long these things should live, you know, so don't, don't rush it. I, I am a firm believer that anybody who says their snakes drop at, you know, 10, 12 years old, I'm a firm believer of it's because you got it to size so fast and you've been breeding it for the last seven years. Yeah. Maybe these things should only live, you know, for seven to 10 years once they hit breeding age, you know, like there's, you said you don't need to rush it, man. Like I, I just, I, I I applaud you for how you did things. I love the way you did things, and and that's a huge reason why I wanted you to come on and just kind of show like how good things can be when you when you wait and you're patient. Yeah, and yeah I've never heard of anything bad come from somebody taking the time. <laughs> Absolutely not. I've, Absolutely. I've heard a lot of the opposite. But, yeah, uh, exactly. No, it's 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 really cool, and. uh it's, you know, I love, I love the thought of bringing in new animals, but at the same <laughs> time, it just scares me. Yeah. It just scares me. Like I've, I've put a lot into it, and uh, yeah. So we'll see where things go. Like I'm, I'm, uh, I'm hoping to get some litters of emeralds this year, and just probably hold on to everything I can. <laughs> Yeah, man, that's and that's the cool thing, you know. You can you can make your own. You don't have to add stuff. Just make your own, and yeah. it's all it's all it's all there. Yeah, yeah. that's a big pushing thing. Is it took me it took me all of this time to accumulate what I did with them. And right, I mean, from my from my first, well, second, my first U.S. captive born and bred emerald to my my second was like three or four years mm-hmm. and um then after that it was like a couple opportunities presented themselves i didn't have the money really to spend but i took <laughs> i took my chances of like one of those in, i gotta do this now or else i'll yeah. never get the opportunity and now to find a, a emerald available that's captive born and bred is is ridiculously hard and nobody yeah. that's breeding them really wants to let go of them a lot of the time. Yeah. So I knew it was just one of those things where if I want more, I'm going to have to make them myself. Yeah. Northerns in particular are odd because it's such a commonly imported species, but there's so few people either trying to breed them or let alone having success breeding them, you know, but it's like, what's there's a, where's the breakdown on that? Like why, what's the, why is there such a gap there? Is it people not waiting long enough? Is it people getting adult animals and then them just having issue after issue with them? You know, just, the, just observing the from from what I see in in the groups and stuff like that. It's it's always somebody saying, "I'm getting this emerald next week. I plan on pairing her to my to my male eventually," and then next thing you know, it's like. My my animal regurged. Is this is this normal? It's just ignorance. It's really ignorance. And 
I get, I get preaching Captain Born and Bread, Captain Born and Bread, because the people who get into this and want to keep emeralds, there's, there's no other way, no better way to start, I should say. For like sure. having, having her as my first real emerald, um, made it so easy like just knowing you know okay she's she's capable of this and most of them should be capable of this if they're not then that's kind of where i'm gonna set the bar like if if they can't do at least that then it's probably not a worthy investment um so even even when i got the the wild cop pair uh it was like I had been talking to Christopher Rice, who's big on establishing imports and stuff. And uh, he's like, you know, I bring them in and soon as soon as I can, I'll get an appropriate size meal in them because I want to know what I'm up against. So he would he would feed them like a medium rat off the jump. You're, you're going to know if they're going to. Can you hear me? Uh, yeah, I'm trying to get my camera to try to Whoa. get it. Oh, OK. <laughs> but yeah, he, he would go about it that way, like feed him early on and see what goes on. And a lot of the time he was finding that there wasn't really, really issues with that. Um, but the ones that sit at the, the importer too long and they're feeding them small because they don't want them to puke because they want to be able to sell them. Right. Um, that's, that's a big thing. So the ones, the ones that I got were like really fresh imports hadn't even taking a meal yet he just brought him in and he was he was giving them water and then they came to me and yeah. uh i did the same right off the bat it was you know feed them as big as i can i had i had a hard time with the female because she didn't want a frozen thawed rat um so i offered her alive and it was a few days of me putting it in and taking it out putting it in taking it out and then on like the third day she finally ate it, but she let it tear her up a little bit too. Like it, she had, mm. she had scratches on her back and stuff within, cause it was, it was overnight. And I was, I don't, I'm not really big on that, but I, I took everything that I thought it would be able to climb out. So I think she might've like went down to grab it and it climbed up her real quick or something. She yeah. ate that one. Um, she didn't, she didn't puke or anything, but she did not eat after that for, from like April to October, she just went off feeding. No, no more. I would do it. And eventually, I saw a rodent pro had hamsters, frozen thawed hamsters, or frozen hamsters. And I remember seeing somebody in a group saying they offered a hamster and it worked. So I'm like, screw it. I'll give it a try. Ordered a. I can't remember what size hamster it was, but I made I compared it to a medium rat. And that's the weight it was. So I ordered those, offered her the first time. She just slammed that thing, slammed it so hard. And I'm like, oh, okay, there's something to this. So I offered her <laughs> one more. Uh, a month later, she did it again. And then the next time, I just thought out a rat with a hamster. Okay. Um, and I, she took the rat right then. So uh, after that, I... I gave her a, a large, she did fine with that. And then she's pretty much eaten large rats ever since without, uh, 
She's not like the other one where she got fat from it. She's she's a big big girl in general. She's got a big frame. Yeah. So, um, I don't know, but people. It seems like there's a just a lot of ignoring all the all the things that are all the resources that are open to you about emeralds. Most yeah. people just ignore it and they're like, I'm going to do it because I did it with this species and mm-hmm. it's just not the same. <clears throat> but so, when we had, when we had Cody Joe on snakes and stogies, uh, you know, we had talked about emeralds a little bit briefly and um, imports in particular. And <clears throat> he brought up a good point that, you know, the, those things are getting rainfall like daily, like a lot of, a lot of moisture, a lot of water, a lot of humidity, and part of that issue that he, you know, he hypothesized that was that, you know, if you're not giving them, especially imports, like if you're not hitting them with, with water multiple times a day, like they would get naturally, that might contribute to the, the you know, the dehydration might contribute to the regurge issue. Because um, he, you know, he was saying he, he would miss his, uh, you know, I think at least twice a day. And mm-hmm. he never had any issues. He never had a problem with regurge. You know, I think he only lost, I think, a couple of emeralds. He said, like, maybe two out of a group. Um, but he's like, everything else he's had has done fine. But I think it's because he's he's up in that, both the humidity and the, the literal moisture. Um, yeah. Things. <clears throat> yeah, it was, the, I don't know, because, like, I'll, I'll miss the substrate pretty good. But I, I feel like with with the um the parameters that I can give them I don't think I necessarily need to miss them on a regular basis because like for instance I was listening to Ron St. Pierre he's got a big emerald he's he's trying to farm emeralds yeah we had yeah. talked about him briefly too with the outdoor yeah. stuff He's got those outdoor enclosures and he has a huge uh, misting system that can simulate. Well, he, he just, I don't know if he hoses them down or has a missing system, but he rains on them hard, like for long periods of time and, and they'll drink and, and they're also getting natural sun. So it, you know, they're, they're hitting like up in the nineties and stuff where I, I don't feel like I can, rain on them long enough in here to to promote that the higher temperatures and stuff and when i right. have, like with the temperature that i have when i have done you know heavy misting on them um if i do it too frequently the substrate does not you know it, it retains a lot of it because i got them on cocoa chip mm-hmm. um so i ran into more problems with it because of that, and I don't want there to be mold in the containers, but they have they have pretty regular bowel movements. Like I, I feed, you know, once um, I try and make sure they poop in between feeds, and they generally do. Sometimes they might go to two or whatever, but I that's usually if I like slack on a uh, changing their water out. But it, pretty much, I try and change their water every every couple of days or every few days because i'll see them drinking you know as soon as i do that that night they're going to be down there drinking mm-hmm. for a little while um, and then with with jambalaya when she was gravid 
I was literally changing her water every single day. And now I'm like, well, I got these two female emeralds and I should probably change their water every single day. But with the, the wise camera on them, I'll change it. And they're not even going down that night and drinking. You know? I'm like, <laughs> you know what? Every two days will be all right. Yeah. Every other day will be all right with them. Um, but yeah, I, yeah, people focus too much on feeding and not hydration enough with emeralds, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So. And I think they, uh, what you're, what you're talking about is just like, you know, comparatively to how you do things and how Cody Joe does things and how Ron St. Pierre does things. Again, it's all goes into your setup, you know, yeah. what, what, what yeah. you do and what works for you. It's like, you know, how yeah. you do things, you can't sit there and miss them for, you know, so long every day, you know, in your system, a rain shaper might be something a little bit you know, something to consider, not saying you're doing anything yeah. wrong, but if you want to water them more, maybe taking them out, setting up a rain chamber might be something more to do versus wetting down their enclosure all the time, you know, something yeah. like that in your style of setup. If you have something like an import and you need to make sure it gets hydrated, that rain chamber might come in super handy, you know, or yeah. even, even set the, setting something up in your shower and just turning that sucker on for yeah for an hour, you know, or 30 minutes, whatever. And just letting it sit on, you know, one of your, well, you know, your, your drying racks, you know, in the shower and just let it rain on it for a little bit, you know, and it, there's different things. And that's why we always preach about what works for you. Isn't going to work for somebody else, you know, and what somebody else yeah. does isn't necessarily going to work for you. So you really gotta, you gotta work it out and find a happy medium that works for you in your collection, you know, whatever yeah. you say, Baron's boy, it's far from one size fits all. There's exactly. No one size fits all. Exactly. And, uh, there, there, there's certain parameters you got to keep it in, you know, there's yeah. certain things that they absolutely need, but there's some variation that you need to kind of come up with on your own based on how your room is run. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say I had a lot of people, I wouldn't say necessarily trying to talk me out of emeralds, but trying to paint the picture of how bad yeah. emeralds can go for you before I ever bought one. Yeah. And I think if people paid a little bit more attention to that stuff, they'd be all right. It's, yeah. They're not hard to hard to keep by any means. It's just a different, you got to have a different eye for detail yeah. than, than the other stuff that they might be keeping. But yeah. I definitely, I know, like I almost converted this four foot PVC cage to a rain chamber. And then I'm like, well, I feel kind of weird about putting different animals in there and having them defecate and then trying to clean it out. So I think eventually what I want to do is um, when I build PVC cages, put that uh, drawer that pulls out for the substrate. And that way I can make it rain in there and then drain it out or whatever. Um, or pull it out and change it real quick and call it a day. And but, so, see that right there would be a good thing. Cause if you wanted to get kind of fancy with it, if you have two different, you know, drawers that go in for substrate, you pull the dry substrate out, put a blank one back in there, let it rain on that, pull that out, empty it out and put the dry substrate back in. 
yeah. you know, that, that, that could be a, that could be an option. That way your substrate isn't soaking fucking wet all the time, you know, yeah, cause that's, 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 a, that's another big thing is like, you know, yes, some species need to be humid, but humidity promotes bacteria as well. And if your substrate is literally always soaking wet, that's not a good thing. There needs to be yeah. dry period. There needs to be dry periods. So. Yeah. 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 I, the good uh, one that I've always kept with me was like 60, 60% baseline humidity. Yeah. And then spike it maybe once a week or so. Yeah. Missed pretty good. Spike it once a week and then let it dry out again. I mean, and dude, that's, I, that's I, what I, wonders over here. I do that with, you know, just your colubrids, you know, because there's some people that, you know, and, and it's not even some like most people, you know, if your snake doesn't need to be sprayed or doesn't need to have humidity, they just don't do it. And I've kind of changed the thought process of it pretty much any any of these snakes, it's going to rain at yeah. some point. You know, so it's not bad to give them the occasional spray like my pits, if they especially if they're in a shed or something. I wet down the enclosure a good bit, you know, it's just to stimulate some type of rain for a little while. Then I'll just let it dry out and I don't do it again for a while, you know, cause I don't want it to stay humid, but to simulate a rain is not a bad thing for any species. Yeah. You know, um, as long as you do it in the right parameters and it gets dry relatively quick, whatever, you know, it's, it's not, it's not a bad thing. Um, so I don't know. But one thing that I do want to bring up that I, I love that you said earlier when we were talking about, you know, kind of slow growing stuff, you know, Justin and I have always promoted, you know, keep what you love. And I really like how you mentioned that, like, I love all the animals I keep. So there was no rush, you know, like I, I enjoyed yeah. everything I had. So I wasn't worried about the breeding aspect until it was time, you know? And I think that's another huge thing of like keeping what you like and you don't have that pressure on you to try and breed it right away. You know, like yeah. that, that's just a perk down the road. You just like keeping the animals, reproducing them in several years. is just, it's just an added add on, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I thought yeah, I was going to okay, throw that in there. I know. The only thing I could ask was that, at some point, they pay a rodent bill. Yeah. Just like, <laughs> you know, at some point, just pay a rodent bill, and yeah. that'll be good. But, yeah, that, uh, that's all you can ask for. For sure. I, I think, um, you know, when I got in and got into carpets, at first I was doing the how many flavors can I get, and uh, it didn't work out, you know, super well. And then when I finally got to get some emeralds and some, some chondros and – I was like, okay, this is really what I'm all about. So carpets, I, I still love them. I think, I think they're more for me, like a pet, like, a, yeah. you know, get this out and let's let it crawl around the yard a little bit and let the kids hold them. But I, I don't know, man, you, you, you have inlands. You haven't, you haven't had pop ones yet. So, you know, your mind might change about that. I know, man. I know. <laughs> You might get you might get a package from your old pal buddy Jacob over here. <laughs> your, your mind might change about that. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know that when I see them, the ones with like the purple on them. Yeah, dude. 
they're they're dreamy. Eventually, I'll get more more carpets yes. again, and I want more brettles too. Yeah, I was but, about to say, do you still have your? I know you were kind of big into brettles a that, while that back. Was, I didn't talk about him. He definitely had had nidovirus too. No, um, after uh, Hurricane Sally. I had his cage in the living room because I had his exoterra done with some like cool branches and nice little display going on. And he was in there. He was fine. And then after Hurricane Sally, the, the power went out. We were out of power for at least a week at our oh, house. Shit. Um, yeah, so it got pretty humid in the house. And I don't really know, but it triggered a RI. And he never really kicked it after after multiple rounds and eventually I tested him of course. And that, that came back positive pretty quick. So, Damn, um, yeah, that wasn't, that wasn't too fun. So all, all of my. Oh, dun, dun, dun. oh you back. There he is. No, I read your lips, but no, we cannot hear you. <laughs> Yeah, log out, log out, and come back in. Hector is being particularly affectionate this evening. Yeah, I, I saw that. I don't know, I don't know what he wants from me. He's yeah. working some sort of angle. Look, he heard me. <laughs> no, man, he, I, he, I, I'm. I'm glad we I'm glad we did this episode, man. Like like I said earlier, I think Kyle is like he. The the poster child, you know, uh, and perfect example of you know the wait the wait game, you know, you wait, you're patient, you will succeed, and you know I think he, he is the perfect example of that, you know, not rushing anything, and you know he's raised some of these animals for you know so long, you know I think his adult chondros are six seven years old, you know, and he's just now breeding them type of thing, and yeah I think it's I think it's awesome, so there's definitely something to be said for that. Yeah. I mean, with some of those, like, especially emeralds, man, like you really don't have a choice. Like you, there's no cutting corners in terms of like, no. well, once they hit three, I'll give them a shot. Cause they might go, you know, it's no. like, you, you definitely you can't have do that. Yeah. Yeah. You're playing the, the long game on those things. Yeah. And I, I feel like, you know, that needs to be adopted with a lot of other species, though. Obviously, some stuff, it's proven it's not a big deal if it breeds at three or four years old. I'm a four-year guy at minimum. Um, but even stuff like carpets, man, I, I'm I'm full on, like, on board with at least five to six years old. You know, that, that's my, it's kind of my golden number. You know, mm -hmm. Five to six is, is pretty good. Um, so... Yeah, this has been a this has been a fun episode. Hopefully, Kyle can hop back on here in a minute. Having some connection issues. There he is. There he is. Yeah. He's mobile. Are you back? He called me again. So his <laughs> <laughs> bedtime was fifteen minutes ago. I gotta go tuck him in. <laughs> I lost track of time. No, you're but, good, man. Um, oh, what, were, what were we talking about? The uh, oh yeah, I was gonna, I was just gonna say that uh, carpet pythons were my first kick in the nuts. Really. Oh yeah, yeah. my first hard yeah. kick in the nuts. 
So yeah, they have they have a habit of doing that sometimes. I think they all do. They all <laughs> yeah. do for for whoever. I just got lucky yeah. with the with the chondros and emeralds, I guess. Yeah. No, for sure, but, man. Every, everybody gets that kick right in the right in the nards that just really really knocks you back, man. And it does build character though. It, it does. It really says like, are you are you in this for the right reasons? Because most people who are in it for the right reasons are going to come back. Yeah, so, and that's I'm not saying all all people who are who uh, you know don't come back aren't. Some people just right. like the pain. Yeah. Yeah, but it, it it you're right though, you know, like it's how it's not it's not what you have it's not what happens, it's about how you bounce back, you know. It's cliche, but you know, go you go back to Rocky Balboa, baby. It's not about how hard you 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 get hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and get it's, back up. It's about how hard you, you can know? keep getting hit until you cry and yeah. give up. <laughs> it's not about the brain damage that comes with it. <laughs> yeah, the CTE is just a bonus. Yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so not not been in any rush. I'm still. I think now my excitement is like, ooh, it's it's got my gears moving, you know, on what I want to do in the future. But uh, still, it's it's all here. It's not going anywhere. You took you took you took the next step, man. You know, I, I like I said, I keep bragging on it, but I feel like you you just did everything perfectly, and now you're just you're you're at that you're at that next level, and I can only imagine how rewarding this has been for you. you know? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm still I'm still high about it. <laughs> <laughs> I really am. I look at I look at the babies, and I've almost got them to their 20th meal, which is like my goal. I'm like, I, you know, I want to get them to 20 meals. They've been on fuzzies since a lot of them took fuzzies, like their sixth meal. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I was talking to some people and, you know, there's a lot of talk about like keeping them on pinkies too long, being the reason that they run into prolapse. Um, hydration i wasn't i wasn't super duper worried about because it's humid in here and and i got the pretty decent sized water bowls for them in there yeah but um so i like bill bill stiegel mentioned once he gets them to like the fuzzies they're generally uh not prolapsing anymore or mm-hmm. like an adult mouse yeah so with them the ones that i had i actually started them on a large large pinks mm-hmm. most of them oh wow and they took them they took them easy like they they left a good lump in them and they digested it and they would do it the next time and then there was a the few that didn't of course i i had some um some smaller ones on hand but then i went through a time where i couldn't find any like red hots to get the real pain in the asses to to take them like I was able to get a handful of them and uh, those worked for a little while. And then it was okay. Well, I guess I got these smalls to work with. So I think I'll definitely come in more prepared next time. Well, but, if for future reference, if you need true, like red hot, extra small pinkies, whatever, check. It. they're not cheap. 
And that's why I didn't get them. I rolled the dice with Broden Pro and got their smalls, and they worked fine for my rat snakes. But if you need true red hot pinkies, check out Lane Labs. Um, Lane shipping Labs. is shipping is killer, and the pinkies aren't cheap. But they go down to they have micros and red hots. Micros are literally like an hour old. Wow. Like down to the T, they are an hour old and they're actually more expensive than the day olds because I, I understand why, because you have to be monitoring them that closely to be able to get them at an hour old, but they, they are true to size. You know, I've got a buddy that swears by them as far as pinkies go. Um, so if you're, you absolutely need really small pinkies, lane labs is your, going to be your best source for super, super small. I was going to order some and it was just way too expensive after shipping and all that. It ended up being almost a dollar per pinky. And I was like, no, wow. I'm, I'm not doing that, you know, but push comes yeah. to shove. You need it. You need micros or true day olds, you know, because a lot of people advertise, oh, day olds and they're not day olds. You know, yeah. like you get the day old pinkies from Roden Pro. They're not day olds, you know, but yeah, they're small. Those red hots from, but I know that a lot in the bag were the same size as like small, yeah, small ones. But you know they they worked out well. Um, and uh, here, let me let me show you some. Oh, let's see some. Got the gloves. There it is. Love to see have it. you have you taken a hit from any of the emeralds? Uh, I got one. She's kind of runty though, um, but she's still like really, really uh, crazy sometimes. But other than that, no. Like the the big ones have never tagged me. Pretty much, it's it was pretty much like. Uh, like anything else where after after a year they stop striking at you a lot um but this one i got her i got her from keith mcpeak and she's she's gorgeous she's really really small and always like down to down to strike i'm trying <laughs> to show you a so the the top one is the one my my son picked wow. up he named it oh six of leaves and then this was the the runt, and it's taking large pinks now uh, for its last couple meals. But like you can, they're pretty close together. You can see I'm trying to move it over the size difference in them. Yeah, and like they all they all give me solid turds now. That was one nice thing is I didn't have a bunch of turd puddles in in most of the the tubs very long because they they went up fast but they're still mm -hmm. really uh like they look good it they're is, not a uh, i wouldn't say fat or anything like that is the larger yeah, they, of those two on fuzzies now yeah yeah and actually the uh the first batch of fuzzies i got was from i think rodent pro but it was black. The uh, wait, <laughs> that was they, a mistake. They, they were with, the black ones, dude. They they came in with black fur all over them. Like 
they were hairy. They weren't just like fuzzy. I'm like, man, I don't remember them being like this last time I had fuzzies. And of course yeah. I ordered I ordered a bag from Big Cheese and I'm like, those are no damn fuzzies. Those are small mice. So some of them were taking small mice, like real small mice in the beginning. Yeah. Um, but I moved them over to the fuzzies. The, the thing with Big Cheese was, I'd say half, half of the half of the fuzzies in the bag were like pre-decapitated. Yeah, that like, was my I would thaw biggest out issue with Big off. Cheese, dude. That was my biggest issue yeah. with Big Cheese. All of them were, you know, it's because, and that, you know, the vacuum seal thing is nice, but man, it like it makes them all stick together, and you try and rip them yeah. apart. And I literally got to where like I would take a bag and I would open it and I would smack it on my table and just try and do. Yeah, up. that's what I did, and that's probably probably what the deal is there. But I look, they all have like I'll look for them when, before I thaw them out. I'm like looking for this little laceration on their neck because I'm yep. like I'm not trying that man you're getting blood all over these fresh clean tubs and yeah it's it's crazy because i would thaw yeah, some, so I, I would thaw some out and i would look in my bucket of mice and it would be red i'm like which one of you is cut yeah <laughs> that's so annoying dude it's the it's worst super annoying that's why so dude, I, was, I, I went back to rodent pro but i don't buy the black ones dude. yeah you told me that and i, I won't do that <laughs> never yeah, do that I, I feel like there's there's a Cause it's a, for me, it's identification thing. Like I'll, I'll thaw all these rodents in, in a bucket. And then like, before I feed them, I'll use a tong, a set of tongs to pull it out and put it in a cup that I walk around the room with and feed them off. But, uh, so I would use that to differentiate, like if they were real close in size, like, okay, this one's black. So let's go into that one. But, uh, yeah, no, that was funny when you said that. So what I did to help with that, because I had that same issue. Once I got, you know, so many snakes, it got real hard to differentiate certain sizes. So what I did is I went to Walmart and I bought these super cheap, like little paint, mini paint buckets. And I just labeled, I have like five different of them. Now you can see one of that's my big mouse bucket right there. But those are for extra large mice. Then I've got a bunch of small ones for all the different sizes. I was like, fuck this. Like, I'm thawing everything out into different buckets now because I'm not going to sit here and try to pick through my hoppers because sometimes you have small hoppers and big fuzzies and there's not a whole lot of difference. No, I I don't. I I quit playing that game a while ago. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, how how many animals do you have? Um, we don't ask that question around here. Yeah, it's okay. Never mind. It's it's over. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's it's over a hundred. Wow. At this point, unfortunately, and that's kind of in. Incl- I think without the babies, I'm just under because I hatched. I hatched out thirty something rat snakes last year. Yeah. Um, so that up up those numbers a lot, but you know, without the babies, I'm right at a hundred. I think something like that. Which you tell your average Joe you have a hundred snakes, that's it's a nightmare. But you tell somebody big into the hobby you have a hundred snakes, I'm like, oh, you gotta up those numbers a little bit, you know? <laughs> so yeah, I don't, I don't really know. I try not to count because I'm like, I have a problem. But you know, so but yeah, I'm somewhere around. I'm somewhere around there. Smitty's got more than I do. I'm pretty sure. Damn. In a in a smaller room. <laughs> 
I got a lot. I, I, got, I got way too much shit. Yeah. It's, and there are corn snakes. At least my stuff's cool. I'm talking to Kyle Williams <laughs> right now about trading some corns for a rough scaled sand bowie. Has. Oh, what? That'd be sweet, dude. I like the rough scales. I think they're. Oh, no, yeah. Cool. I'm, I'm. So he's like, dude, he was came by earlier when he came by work because he was shirt shopping. And he's like, dude, I got this rough scaled sand bowie and I don't. You know anybody that wants one? Because I don't. I'm not gonna get a female for it, and I don't know what to You're do. Like, with it. So I'm like, if you want some corns, let me know. <laughs> How many corns do you want? <laughs> I just got to the point where I can't. Like, I'm only starting to think about losing count. Like, I, yeah, I have under thirty, I think, altogether. It's not a bad thing, man. I, I almost I miss those times. You know, like I've got. Shit and quarantine. I mean, I quarantined for a long time, so I still have stuff from Daytona. But dude, Daytona alone, there's four, eight, twelve. I think there's fifteen snakes in my quarantine Damn. section right now. That was just from my Daytona bring homes. Granted, a lot of that was like trades, and I met up with people and stuff. You know, Chris Montross gave me a lot of stuff, and I gave him some carpets. And then I, I only bought a couple of snakes at the show, but. Ended up being way more snakes than I care to admit. And then I've got this whole rack next to me is full. There's cages behind me. There's babies stacked up. And it's, it got out of hand. But yeah. I'm not mad about it. You know, that's, it. I'm, I'm real happy with where I'm at. Some stuff might need to slim here, some semis soon. But, you know, the colubrid, the colubrid bug got me bad. Yeah. yeah. So, but uh, don't be like us, Kyle. Remain with the Boyds. Yes, just, just keep, <laughs> keep it, keep it moving, man. You know, it's too yeah. late for us, but you can still save yourself. I'll do my best. Unless you get rhinos. If you get rhinos, that's completely fine. I'm telling you, man. Rhinos are right up your alley, bro. I'm surprised you don't. Yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna catch catch up to you eventually. I, I think eventually I'll branch out. I've just been so obsessed with. With this other stuff, I'm like, that's not a bad thing, dude. You know, stay looking around. I'm like, oh, that looks cool. Let me go back to my dungeon. (laughs) When I tell you, holding, holding, and owning a rhino is a magical experience that cannot be matched by any other species on this planet. I mean that wholeheartedly. Next time I'm out and I see him, I'm gonna check him out. Nah, if you're gonna do it, get barons and be a man. Yeah, whatever. I remember when, when you got those beards at uh, Daytona, Justin. Well, you've probably done that a million times now, but when I, was, <laughs> yeah, I, was, I was like, which beards and which Daytona? Which time? Oh, yeah. Are you speaking of Daytona? You think you'll make it out there this year or no? Nah? I say I think I'll make it out every year, and then I don't. <laughs> but what? It's in the end of August usually, isn't it? Yeah. It's the 17th and 18th this year. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Because usually it falls like on the weekend of my wife's birthday. So oh. like the, the last time we went, we went there and then came back and it was like her birthday. And then, of course, uh, Jackson was born later on and we didn't make it to that one. Didn't make it to this one. So um, damn kids. I think we're, yeah, yeah, we're getting back to, I think, being where we'll be able to travel a little bit. Like in August, we're going up to Washington 
all five of us. Nice. And we'll see how that goes, and then I'll probably try and yeah, Washington State. So my family's all still up there. My mom's getting married, so we're gonna nice. take a trip up there. Nice man. Yeah. Are you, yeah. How far are they from like Randy and them? My mom lives in Oak Harbor where Randy's Oh, at. wow. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Yeah, so she's getting married over there. So when I do go up there, I try and make an effort to go see Randy. But it's been a while since I've... It's been like three years since I've been home. Mm-hmm. So... Wow. Yeah. But we're, we're excited. So hopefully... I mean, if they can fly, they can sit in a car for that long. For yeah, sure. Yeah. Me and Justin will actually be not quite to your neck of the woods, but yeah, because you're in Pensacola, right? Yeah. Yeah. Me and Justin will be in the Tallahassee area at the end of March. Tallahassee. Yeah. Dude, keep me posted on that because I'm Tallahassee is like a three hour drive. That's not that bad. Yeah. If I take a, take a day or two off, like I, that's a. That's a trip I'm willing to make. Most of Florida is far as hell from me. And I'm like, man, yeah. I can just go to Alabama <laughs> and get there in like, like 10 minutes. <laughs> I'm so far from the rest of Florida. It's crazy. All of Florida is far away from Florida. It's Dude, weird. we're, we're closer. We're, yeah. clo- we're closer to Florida than you are. <laughs> you really are. You are. I remember you- when you told me how long it took you to drive. Down to down to Daytona. I'm like, what the hell? It took me that long, if if that. I was about to say, isn't Daytona like a almost a five six hour drive for you? Dude, I want to say it's closer to. Could be wrong. It's like the same distance for Phil. Yeah. I think it's It's wild. It's so so bizarre. It's so strange. Three and a half hours, maybe four if traffic's bad. We're in Daytona, baby. (laughs) Dude, that's wild. It's crazy, man. It's not bad at all. Uh, that's why I love where we're at. I feel like, yeah, I was talking to our buddy Preston Converse today earlier on the phone because, you know, we, we call each other every now and then. And um, we were dude. talking. And I was like, dude, where we're at in South Carolina, I was like, almost everything's within spit distance. You know, like I can be in I can we can technically be in Florida in two hours. I can yeah. be I can be. I can be at the Jackson. No, no, not even hauling ass. Like I can be at the Jacksonville zoo in two and a half hours on the GPS. That like, blows my mind. It's crazy, dude. Like it's right there. Cause we can be in Georgia in 30, 40 minutes, you know, and then it's a short drive across the state, you know, not even across the state, across a small section right there. And then you're in yeah. Florida, baby. you know, it ain't yeah, bad I thought it would be a good idea. This dude in St. Pete had a had a litter of emeralds, and like when they came available, he's like, "So, do you want me to ship it?" And I was like, "Man, I'm in Florida. I could just drive to you and pick it up, and it'll <laughs> probably be better anyway because I'll just heat the tub and all of that." So we drive there, and I can't even tell you how long it took. We had we had our eight year old. Well, he was he was like five five or six then so he was even more impatient we drove (laughs) over there and then we drove to jacksonville from st pete to see my wife's mom and then drove back here and we were gone from like 7 a.m to 10 or 11 p.m that night i was like i'm never doing that again like we'll ship from here on (laughs) it's it's even it's even like questionable that if i go to daytona (laughs) 
I would probably fly. Wow, really? It would probably, it would probably be more convenient to fly. Holy shit. I don't know. I'm juggling around with that still. That's just a theory for now, but I'm pretty sure. And that's probably like a 20-minute flight. Yeah. yeah. Well, because like the first year I went to Daytona, I got it was like last minute that I was like, okay, I'm going. And I got there at 9, 9 p.m., and then I think I crashed on, might have been Cody and Pia's floor in the <laughs> hotel. And then the next morning I was hanging out with Justin until the show opened. And then as soon as the show closed, I was like, all right, guys, good seeing you. I got to go home now. <laughs> Drove off and still got home late as hell. Like, yeah. Call us when you get home so we know you made it back safe. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's also funny because like I, from where we are, I drove to Alabama and back in a day one time, you know, because even the, you know, where Montrose is in Alabama, I can't remember what part of Alabama he's at, but I got there. I left super early. Don't get me wrong. I was tired as hell and it was a long drive, but it was six hours there and that was to Alabama and then six hours back. I did yeah. that in a day, you know, like we can, everything's within a decent drive from where we are, unless you're going you know, way out, obviously. But you know, it, it's not it's not bad. <laughs> like, yeah. That blows my mind, yeah. man. Geography. Shit, even even South Florida, I think we're about eight hours from South Florida, eight nine. I think it's like an eight hour drive to West Palm Beach from here. Yeah. And you're you're probably farther than that. <laughs> yeah. I think well, so. we're going in a straight line. He's having to go right. Yeah. And plus Florida traffic is he could have just gotten he could probably get there like in a boat across that <laughs> yeah. little corner of the Gulf and be there in like no time. Just hop on a cigarette boat and have them smug me down there. Dude, that's how it is here. Like from, from St. Helena, which is the island next to me, Edisto is how only Edisto is only like 15 miles. Yeah, it's not far. St. Helena, but it takes two hours to drive there, two and is a half. It? It's the same thing for yeah, like if for like Hilton Head. You could almost hit Hilton Head with a freaking baseball from where you know from St. Helena to Hilton Head, but you yeah, drive that, it so takes an hour time. and a half to get over there. Like yeah. by boat, all these islands are like so close to each other, but because of the way the roads and stuff are, are laid out, like you have to go around things. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a nightmare. And I feel like that's the entire state of Florida. <laughs> it feels like that. Yeah, everybody will always be like, oh, yeah, we're coming down to your neck of the woods. I'm like, where? Like, Orlando. Okay, yeah. I'm not, not even, not I'm even close. If you give me, if you give me a week advance, I'm probably not going to make it. Like, my work yeah. schedule's already made. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah we're going to be near you over the weekend. Where are you going? Miami? <laughs> yeah. Nope. Okay. Might yeah, as well be in like, Texas. I might meet you halfway. I might meet you halfway, but because even the like Tampa and stuff, like because I go see Sky, you know, a couple times a year usually, and he's about he's not in Tampa, he's in Hernando, and that's about a five hour drive from us. Dang, so really, it's like the same distance, on, well, a little, little farther than like Charlotte, but yeah, for me, long drives are over six hours if it's over six hours i'm like all right that's a that's a far drive you know but anything yeah. six six and under i'm good baby i'll make it there yeah. once one stop along the way we're good home free <laughs> like that's like probably till you have kids 
Yeah. <laughs> if, if you have kids, that that'll change everything. Because I used to love to drive. Like that's why that yeah. Daytona trip was nothing for me because I was by myself. But like the next year, going, it was like the longest drive ever. And he's like, "Are we there yet? No, we're not there yet. We'll be there in another three hours. <laughs> Try and go to sleep." Yeah. So. No, but, that's why that's why I don't like traveling with Smitty over here because he gets a monster and he chugs the whole thing in five seconds. So he's got to pee every time. That's minutes. not true. <laughs> Dude, we go to Daytona. I was telling somebody this the other day. I was like, if I go to Daytona by myself, I'll get there maybe stopping one time. And that's if I need gas. You know, if I go yeah. with Justin, we're stopping minimum twice on the way there. Very, very jerky, minimal. Some beef jerky and a monster. Yeah. Yeah, just gotta take a piss. I mean, Damn. I can just go on the floorboard of your car if you'd rather. Like, I'd rather you take a bottle and piss in the bottle so we can keep going. Come on, <laughs> okay. <laughs> You're not gonna like what you see, but <laughs> I mean, I probably won't see anything. But you know, we won't talk about that. There. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. One of those little five-hour energy shot bottles should be plenty. There you go. That's what you need. Keep all the liquid out of your system. Because me, like, I keep a bottle of water, and I just I sip that the whole way. Yeah, I'm like, I have a very I'm, hard time taking getting chastised by Mr. Kidney Stone over here, who can't <laughs> see without screaming. <laughs> At least I'm not peeing every 10 minutes. At least I don't cry now. when I do it. I don't <laughs> Oh man! At least when I pee, doesn't sound like I'm I'm putting rocks in a bottle like a five again. It's been a it's been a while since I had that problem. So you still got a little dick. And I, dude, I'm actually I'm actually worried. The last time I was in Tallahassee, I actually ended up in the hospital with a kidney stone. What the? I so I'm hoping I'm hoping that doesn't happen for round two. I've never met someone who's had their ass kicked by kidney stones as much as you. Not even my grand my grandparents. It's rough, man. It's a bad life. I was out because I, I was actually then talking. Older years, talking. you're in trouble. Yeah, no, I'm not looking forward. That's why I'm trying to fix everything now, so we don't have these problems later. But I was talking to Harry, and I was like, "Dude, one of your one of the hospitals in Tallahassee is absolute garbage." He was like, "Which one was it? Coastal or this other one?" I was like, "I don't know." All I know is I ended up wandering around the hospital and nobody was helping me. And I was just walking through this thing. And all of a sudden I walked through a carport and I see emergency on like the second floor of the fucking building. And he's like, oh yeah, that's coastal. It sucks. And I was like, yeah, it was a <laughs> terrible hospital. I'm just wandering around there. Nobody's There's everybody's just a, looking at me like, what's he doing? Snail trail of piss blood going from Jake's car <laughs> all around in little loop-de-loops through the car, through the, Park, park parking garage into the fucking ER. That's pretty much how it went. It was terrible, dude. I was out Follow there. the blood and the teardrops. I was out there finding snakes and I woke up like we caught it. We did a bunch of going and doing like the for we were there for like four days and like the third second or third day I woke up from a day of not drinking enough water and I was like, oh, God. <laughs> something something's wrong and like it was bad and i was like all right fire. 
I was like, y'all need to go like y'all do your thing. I'm not gonna hold you up. I said, drop me off at the nearest hospital. I'll take care of myself. I'll get up with y'all later. And so that's exactly what they did. I was like, y'all go find what you need to find. I'm going to deal with this. So they dropped me off at the hospital and dude, I don't even remember how it happened. Like I walked into the hospital and I was like, where's y'all's ER? And they were like, oh, it's that way. And I'm like, okay. So I'm just meandering through beep bopping through this fucking hospital, barely being able to walk. Cause I've got a freaking kidney stone and, uh, ended up on like the second floor couldn't find this thing and it was like walked through this carport on the second floor of this freaking building and finally i just see emergency all lit up in red and i'm like oh there it is <laughs> like <laughs> i proceeded to go into the waiting room and so the first time i had one i walked into our emergency room here in beaufort and it was like, all I said was, I'm having a kidney stone. Everybody was like, bam, bam, bam. They threw me in a wheelchair. They said, sign here. And they had me back hooked up to morphine in two minutes. Do you name them like Great. they name hurricanes? No, no, no. no they're all like just old. Remember, remember back in 2015 when George came around? No, no. Dude, do they look like little water chestnuts? Dude, That's some of them you can't, some of them you can't even see, you know, they're so small, you know, but like. That's what she said. Yeah. I mean, they they can be literally, they can be the size of a, of a, like a grain of sand and that fucker will bring you to your knees. Damn. It's, it's rough, dude. But they're like was, little shards of glass. Yeah, pretty much. They're like a, like the tiniest little tiny speck, but they're all, they're sharp. It's like pokey and shit. Yeah. It, have you seen like the, the electron microscope pictures of, of like their structure and stuff? It's insane. Yeah. It's it's crazy, dude. And Google then it. it's wild. It's like so I, it's like little crystals, isn't it? I think yeah. I've seen that before. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. But I walked into the Tallahassee emergency room there, you know, which walked up to the front desk, you know, thinking I was gonna get the same type of service. Oh no. They were like, I told them what was going on. They're like, all right, have a seat. We'll be with you in a little bit. So meanwhile, I'm sitting in like the waiting room. <laughs> Here's a cup and for your tears. At, th at this point, <laughs> dude, like legit though, like y'all, y'all laugh. I am like, this cup. I am in the emergency room, like waiting room. And I'm sitting in my chair all sideways, just holding my hip. And I had my face covered. I was sitting there like this. Cause I have tears running down my eyes. Cause it felt like somebody was stabbing me in the side. With they a probably thought just, you were just high or something. They were like, then they, oh, another Florida meth head in here crying about his peepee -pee being on fire. Uh, <laughs> they finally they finally called me back and they were like, All right, we need you to pee in this cup. I'm like, I don't think you understand the severity of what's going on right now. Like, I cannot pee. They're like, Well, I need you to try. I was like, Okay. You you want me to try? We'll try. And so I took it and I went and peed and I literally drew I dribbled out about that much like blood piss into a cup and it was straight red. I mean like blood red. And they looked at it and they're like, Oh God, <laughs> like, okay, go you back there. Or you have kidney stones. Yeah. And so <laughs> they hooked me up to morphine, gave me a bunch of drugs. I walked my happy ass across the street to the local Walgreens, got my painkillers, eventually made it back to the hotel where I was locked out and I had to get another key. I lay down for all of two minutes and my homeboys pulled up and they're like, you ready to go find some snakes? And I was like, yep, let's go. <laughs> so, it was great. See, yeah, I, I actually, I found my life or Scarlet King snake that night, actually, though. 
which was awesome. Like I was asleep, basically asleep in the back because I was on like oxycodone and they pulled over somebody else snake. I literally fell out of the truck, lit a cigarette, grabbed the Scarlet King snake and somebody took a picture. I've got my hospital band on one hand holding the cigarette and a Scarlet King snake in the other. <laughs> it's just it's it's great. pretty legendary. Yeah, it was awesome. So that was a, <laughs> that was a rough weekend, but it was fun. So I'm I'm hoping it doesn't happen this time around. Fingers crossed. The magic of Florida. Yeah. It was it was a running joke. I always ended up in a hospital every time I left Beaver. So <laughs> that was short, that was shortly after I got bit by the rattlesnake in Texas, and so I was in a hospital for like four days in Texas, and then shortly after that I went to Tallahassee. I was in the hospital there, and my dad was like, "You just can't leave, can you?" <laughs> <laughs> Nope, apparently not. But moral of the story: drink water. Drink more water. Like freaking <laughs> hospital wristbands, like they're the the Infinity Stones. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But it's the name of the game, man. It's fun. Just drink a lot of water. It's why I have a Camelback now. It's my I'm just glad it's not the, the name of my game. Yeah, I feel for you. No, it's it's like, until you have a kidney stone, my friend. No, you do not feel for me. No. We do not. <laughs> we don't because we're all young. I got my like, first. We I got my kidneys of an eighty-year-old man. I got my first one when I was like seventeen, dude. Don't like, brag. Were about. you just slamming like slamming energy drinks at the time or something? No, I drank sweet tea like it was freaking water, dude. That'll do it. Yeah, they because it was in college. It happened. I think it was. It may have been. I may have been eighteen. I think I was in college and I was home for the week or something. And when I got my first one, they were like, first thing they asked me, like, "You drink a lot of sweet tea?" And I'm like, "Oh, about a gallon a week, if Damn. not more." And they're like, "Yeah, you can't do that anymore." And I was like, "Fuck." <laughs> That's wild. So yeah, water, my friends. Water, lemonade, juice. Your best friends, mostly water. Fun times, fun times. But do we have any closing questions or remarks for Kyle Smitty? Um, don't get kidney stones. <laughs> that was more of a statement. But. Parting, parting words of wisdom. Yeah. Yeah. No. Other yeah, than I that. appreciate y'all having me on, man. Yeah, man. Thank you for coming on. This was a this was an awesome episode. Besides getting derailed and me going on my kidney stone rant there at the end. Again. It's not a THC <laughs> episode if we don't talk about kidney stones at least a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> We're just raising awareness. Yeah, we are. I'm telling you, man. You don't, out, looking out for you the don't want this. You don't want this. You know, I promise. Get a little banner rolling across the bottom of the screen. Drink water. <laughs> Hashtag kidney stone prevention. Awareness, awareness. <laughs> oh, God. Well, yeah, One of man. These we're going to have a urologist on that's just going to talk about kidney stones. We can't hurt talk whatsoever. It's just going to be like, here's how you can avoid these. Oh, God. We'll get just, the latest and greatest a, science behind kidney stones. Put a misting system over your bed. <laughs> <laughs> Stay hydrated all night. Just fog you all night. There you go. That would be perfect. I'm like a, I'm like a freaking, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a emerald tree. I'm a emerald tree boa. You gotta keep me hydrated, baby. <laughs> or we're gonna have problems. 
Well, next time, hopefully, we're all together in person. Yeah, Just dude. I, I, I would. Yeah, it's been. I think the last Daytona you're at was what two years ago? Two years ago. Yeah. I what didn't go that? to the. I didn't go to the COVID one. Okay. So, so I was doing one that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been shit, dude. It's been probably three, three, almost four years since I seen you last. So definitely gotta, definitely gotta change that. Definitely. Yeah, dude. Yeah. But thank you so much for coming on, man. Sorry it was so last minute, but it was, it was it's how we roll. Yeah. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for having me. It's good catching yeah, up. With you guys. Yeah. Yeah. As always. Definitely gotta stay in touch and, uh, <laughs> How, how can how can people find you, man? If if they've been under a rock and haven't heard of you yet, uh, under a Instagram at, at Mojo Herpeticulture. Yeah, um, a lot of random people add me on Facebook, but I kind of feel like I'm gonna have to go through my friends list soon. I got some like really weird stuff going on there now because I've just accepted anyone for a while that had any reptile stuff going on. So I do a periodic. Yeah, periodic purge. So, but yeah, Instagram is the best way. So nice, awesome. But, well, definitely check out Kyle and all the cool stuff he's doing. He's got, hopefully, got emeralds on the way. Just hatched out a buku of fantastic green tree pythons. So definitely check out everything he's doing. Um, so definitely hit him up. Talk some conjures. But this has been episode 209 of the Herpeticulture Podcast. Brought to you by blackboxcages.com, fullvisapparel.com, Steve Snakeshuary. Check them all out. Facebook, Instagram, the various websites. Use the code THN at checkout on blackboxcages.com. Get 10% off your order. Use the code THN at checkout on fullvisapparel.com. Get 15% off your order. And then stevesnakeshuary.com is where you get that venom hot sauce. Do not sleep on it. Nope. It does not cause kidney stones, so you are safe. <laughs> if anything, <laughs> the purity of the ingredients and the delicious flavors actually prevent kidney stones. It'll burn the kidney stones right out of you. Right. It'll dissolve. <laughs> I'm about to go but, order some of that now. There you go. <laughs> yeah man well thank you everybody who tuned in you could be listening to anybody and you chose to listen to us so we appreciate every listen and uh we'll see y'all for flipping 10 next thursday don't forget stogies monday night yep that's right both of them are going to be live so all live check check them out good things to come that's right thank you everybody good night, night.